0: This is episode 40, and my name is Matt, joined today by Tom. Hey, Matt. Welcome back.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: And Travis, as always. Yo, yo, yo. So we are here today to discuss uh, a number of films. we got a pretty packed episode for you guys this week. We are going to be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Sorry to Bother You, Leave No Trace, and The First Purge. We got quadruple feature here lined up. It's going to be huge. And uh, after we talk about those movies, we're also going to run down our top five films of the year thus far. So we'll be getting into that later in the show. But before we do that, Tom, you're finally back from Nepal. We missed you last week.
1: Yeah, I was sad to miss it. But uh, yeah, I went to Nepal, 10-day trip. It's hot over there. It's mango season uh which is a good thing
0: mango season yeah i didn't know uh mangoes were uh growing in Nepal
1: they're all over the place they're just dropping like flies oh shit yeah pick them up off the ground peel them with your teeth it's it's very i don't know best mangoes you've ever had oh yeah they're delicious such sweet flesh <laughs> <laughs> uh couple good stories that i'll share yeah one we were on a hike and uh my friend kent came with us this time and we took a little breather on the hike and he looks down he goes oh gross what is that i look down and there's like this little wormy thing moving around spurting blood out it's like oh that looks like a leech that is just eaten And then I look down at my ankle and my sock is just soaked in blood. (laughs) So uh, first time being bit by a leech. That was pretty gross. You didn't have a
2: Stand By Me moment, though?
1: I haven't seen that movie. Spoilers for Stand By Me.
3: (laughs) There's a leech.
1: (laughs) That's it? There's a leech? Oh, you got to see the movie. Hmm, Okay. Well, it sounds like I had that moment. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, they give you some, you know, something that keeps your bud- blood from coagulating. So I just kept bleeding for like forty five minutes, which sucked. <laughs> um, craziest part of the trip: we were flying out from Seattle, and uh, we get there a couple hours early, feeling great. Had a relaxed breakfast. Everything is going smoothly and we're in the line you can't check in on your phone or at the kiosk for an international flight so we're in the the line for the kiosk and it's just taking forever right the employees are taking forever the old man from up was at the counter for like 25 minutes and then like left he didn't check his baggage he looked so confused Uh, I I, I was starting to get really worked up but not I was just worried I wasn't worried about anything I was just mad that we were in the line for so long yeah sure so we get up there, finally, and she's like, oh, I can't check you into this flight. You're under the hour mark, which none of us even remembered was a rule for international flights. You have to print your boarding pass e- at least an hour in advance of your flight. So like, we start freaking out. We're like, you don't understand. We have this huge trip plan. We have all these layovers. You know, We didn't book all of our flights together. Uh, she brings over her manager and he doesn't do anything for us. They were, they were miserable. They were horrible, horrible people (laughs) and we're freaking out. We don't know what to do. We're like, we're going to have to like, we're going to have to rebuy tickets. Um, we're going to have to spend twice as much. We're going to have to go a day or two late, all this, all this stuff. And then, um, one of our, uh, one of our partners, Hannah, she called her dad and he was like, well, you have a layover in Vancouver in like four hours, right? We should, you should take an Uber and meet me in Edmonds, and we'll drive up there. So uh, there was no way that this plan was going to work, but it was the only thing we had going for us. So we jumped in an Uber, met him and just started booking it up the freeway <laughs> with no idea <laughs> whether they were going to let us check in under an hour there or anything. I got in contact with this wonderful woman named Margaret who like said, yes, we can do that for you. Just like make sure you hurry. Just get here. And uh, gave me all the hookups, basically. And then we had to cross the border, which was a nightmare, right? And we were really worried about it. We had, we had about 15 minutes to spare. And uh, the border was like 55-minute crossing. So Ana's <laughs> dad has a Nexus Pass, which gets you through more quickly. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, I can't take all of you through if you don't have ne- Nexus Passes. So he drops us at the main gate. Like probably a half a mile away from the border, and then goes to the nexus line, and we had to run with all of our packs and everything to like make our story believable. We had to jog up to the border on foot, and then cross and explain we missed our flight. We we're trying to make it in Vancouver. We got to go, and luckily cr- crossing into Canada is so much so much nicer than. Crossing yeah, they into don't the give a fuck. <laughs> so she was like, "How did you get here? We're like, a car? And how are you getting to the airport? A Taxi?" She's like, "Hmm." Well, the best place to wait for a taxi is over there. (laughs) So we made it with like two minutes to spare. We had to like literally run into the airport and we all sat down on this 12-hour flight and just were reveling in the miracle that had just taken place. That
0: sounds stressful as fuck. It was
1: so, so stressful. Yeah. Five hours passed in like a flash.
2: But we made it. Better than being on a plane to Vancouver, though? <laughs>
3: no. <laughs> no way.
1: I was thinking about that Bloody Mary. I was thinking about, you know, maybe uh, catching some shut eye. Instead, I found myself heart pumping, adrenaline rushing, thirsty, sober. <laughs> but it was pretty amazing that we made that. So, shout out to Margaret. Shout out to Margaret, but her airline sucks. China Southern. Don't fly on
0: her. So are they the ones who fucked you before, too? Like at SeaTac? No, that was Alaska. Okay, so Alaska fucked you.
1: Yeah, Alaska fucked us. Oh, God. Well, I don't know. Their their whole setup is ridiculous. The girl in front of us was flying to Phoenix. Why the fuck is she in the same line as people who are flying all the way across the world? You know? Have two lines, right? Have one line. For people going to Phoenix, and the man from Up, and then another line <laughs> for everybody else. Anyway. Shit. <clears throat>
0: well, glad you made it. Harrowing story.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a real nail, nail-
0: <clears throat> What about you, Travis?
2: Just got back from a family retreat. Not my family, but Chelsea's family. A family. Yes. Yep. A weekend, extended weekend with the in-laws spare most of the (laughs) details it was a fun trip for the most part uh so we were in sun cove you know where that's at uh that's down on uh it's like it's like in between wenatchee and somewhere i don't know it's it's around (laughs) wenatchee it's like 20 minutes from wenatchee or so i'm not familiar with it a little like private community on this lake but uh her aunt has a lake house there so we rented another house next to it and then that was like the first couple days and then the last couple days we had a separate house when more people got there that was about 20 minutes away it's fucking hot It was like 100 degrees every day and yeah my pale skin is not used to that yeah <laughs> but uh got to ride a jet ski for the first time oh i've never done that check that off the list a lot of fun yeah her dad owns two of them did it feel safe uh yeah i mean they're pretty easy to drive you mm-hmm. just kind of push the throttle and go. Yeah. Make sure you don't hit any boats. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's all there is to it.
0: It looked like the water on that lake was like two feet deep. Like, oh. there were a lot, like I saw, I think it was Chelsea's Instagram story, like people in inner tubes surrounded by people just standing in the water. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were up on shore most of the time, but then when we wanted to take out the jet skis, we'd, you know, go a um, out. But, um, I think it gets like seventy feet deep in the middle. It's, Does it? It's considered a lake because there's, I think it's a dam on both sides. Is that what it considers a body of water a lake?
1: No, no, a dam on both sides,
2: or a dam on one side. I don't
1: know. It Doesn't happen. A to lake be a dam. has no.
2: Well, it's it's water. part of the the river, but then because there's a dam
1: or two, it it's considered a lake? a lake. I think that's called like a reservoir. Okay, well, whatever. Well, a it reservoir
0: is, is, is man made. Mm. So I don't know. Doesn't matter. No. <laughs> Let's not get bogged down in the details. <laughs>
1: this but is it was important. Solid trip. Bodies of water. Yeah,
2: it, our day basically consisted of waking up, chilling, eating breakfast, going down to the lake till about dinner time, and having dinner with her family.
0: But yeah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> you missed uh, what Seattle Street Fest?
2: Oh yeah, and uh, Ballard Seafood Fest.
0: Oh well, no one cares about that. Yeah. But what well, Seattle Street Fest is
1: pretty cool. <laughs> What's Street Fest?
0: It's uh, for, that's what I went to last year, right? Yeah. So that was where Travis and I saw that Prince cover band last year, and we mm. saw Thunder Pussy. Mm. This year it was the Briefs, who are dope. They're out. Seattle punk band. They've been defunct for quite a while, but they're playing shows again. So they closed out Friday night. It's pretty sweet. Is
2: that the one you posted the video of? On? Yeah,
0: yeah, on Instagram.
1: Do they wear only briefs?
0: No, they look like uh, <laughs> they <should. clears throat> pretty like classic-looking punk dudes. You should be you their know? manager. Like, tattoos, <laughs> like spiked hair, sunglasses. Like,
2: okay.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, it was pretty fun. We went uh, there's this Indian restaurant called uh, Maharaja, and they have a back bar that is awesome. So we went there after the briefs played, and it was just a fucking bloodbath in there like there were so many people and the music that was playing on the jukebox was terrible so it was one of those like touch tunes ones where you can like sign in on your app and add songs to oh, it yeah so i did that so I, I i had the app and i played two songs with the intention you can pay extra credits to like fast track them so they go to the front of the line i didn't realize this till after the fact but there were like 26 songs ahead of me and you can't boost your song until you're in like, the, the top five. Mm, oh, wow. So I paid to put two songs on the jukebox and then realized I'm not even going to get to hear the songs, because it would have been... like We were there for like an hour, but there were maybe 10 songs. So I would have needed to have stayed for an additional hour and a half. What
2: were the two songs? Yeah. It
0: was uh, Two Minutes to Midnight by Iron Maiden Hell, yeah. and Live Wire by Motley Crue.
2: Well, you did a uh, service for the people. <laughs> Someone
0: at one thirty in the morning was probably very happy with my song selection.
1: <laughs> what did they have playing uh, before that?
0: Uh, Kevin Brown, Zach Brown band—is that a thing? Yeah, oh, that sounds of, like, right. Country garbage. Uh, they played a Michael Jackson song, but it was Annie, which is like one of the worst Michael Jackson songs. Maybe not one of the
1: worst, but fine. One
0: of my least favorite. I prefer the Alien Ant Farm cover. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was cool. Not much going on besides that. You know, it's hot in Seattle. Yeah, it's we got nice. that going
1: for us. Good weather to come back to.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm a uh, I
1: wouldn't try it. Man, Nepal so sticky. Yeah, very humid. Holy crap. It's relentless. That's how Sun Cove felt. Yeah.
2: Could not find shade no. whatsoever.
0: It's right in the name, Sun Cove. Yeah. No hiding. Yeah,
2: know? well, especially <laughs> over on the east side, there's just no oh, trees. I did see a forest fire, though. That oh. was pretty crazy. Really? Yeah. On the way to our other house, the second half of the weekend, there was a fire up on the hillside. Did you see the flames? Yeah. Wow. Really raging? Um. I mean, it was going pretty good. And the next day, like, a whole side of the mountain was, like, burnt. Yeah. And it was still going when we left. I mean... We got to see some helicopters fly over and like drop water and then like yeah. that red smoke stuff that I think... Flam- fire retardant? Yeah. I yeah. Whatever that is.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, pretty cool. Cool. Anything else before we dive into these movies? We got a lot to talk about.
2: No, but I do have a story to open up the Ant-Man
0: review. Okay, cool. Well, let's start with that one. We're going to be reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp. We have a clip. Let's listen. Where is Scott Lang? I'll oh, see, that's complicated. Because when I first met Scotty, he was in a bad place. And I'm not talking about Cell Black D. His wife had just filed for divorce. And I was like, damn, homie, she dumped him you when you're on lockup. And he was like, yeah, I know. I thought I was going to be with her forever. But now I'm all alone. And I was like, damn, homie, you know what? You got to chin up because you'll find a new partner. But you know what? I'm Luis. And he says, you know what?
3: I'm Scotty. And we're going to be best friends. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I like a good story as much as the next person, but what in the hell does this have to do with where Scott Lang is? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You put a dime in him, you got to let the whole song play out. He's like human jukebox.
0: All right. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The third film this year, Black Panther, Infinity War. Does Ant-Man and the Wasp. count? No, not it's, part, it's not part of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, 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 right. Uh, Lots of superhero movies this year, though. That's true. Uh, Plot synopsis on this reads, as Scott Lang balances being both a superhero and a father, Hope Van Dyne, Van Dyne, Van Dyne, you remember? Nope. Doesn't matter. And Dr. Hank Pym present an urgent new mission that finds the Ant-Man fighting alongside the Wasp to uncover secrets from their past. Directed by Peyton Reed, who also directed Ant-Man from a few years ago. Film stars Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Pena, Walton Goggins, Bobby Cannavale, Judy Greer, Michael Douglas.
2: The Fifester.
0: Michelle Fifester. <laughs> uh, so, only uh, Travis and I saw this one. Tom didn't get a chance, given that he was... Uh, Not in the States when the movie came out and didn't get a chance to squeeze it in when he got back. So this one will just be me and Travis. Uh, I understand you have a story you want to tell before we talk about the movie itself.
2: So I thought I would uh, be a good host and see all the movies. No shade to you, Tom. It's just (laughs) my responsibility. Hey, I'm just
1: playing my role.
2: (laughs) And since we were recording this a couple days late, it was a perfect opportunity. So I uh, went and saw Sorry to Bother You and Ant-Man yesterday. At AMC Seattle Ten, which doesn't take Movie Pass, so I thought yeah. it's a perfect time to sign up for A List. <laughs> so I signed up for A List. What's A List? I'm now an A List member and a Movie Pass member. It's their mo- oh, version of Movie Oh, is it fifteen bucks for three movies it's, it's a month? Twenty, 20 for three movies, but you c- three movies a week, but you can see the same movie more than once, and you can see like, IMAX, IMAX 3D. 3D, Dolby Atmos, all that good and stuff.
1: And
2: it's just for. And you can do reserve seating, so you can like. Pick your seat uh, ahead of time, uh, you know, for a future date. Oh, why am I not? Oh, I'm really? not aware of this. It's pretty cool. Yeah, sounds you better def- than Movie Pass. Yeah, especially for you. If you go, to, if you is uh, it just for AMC? Yeah. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> I should do that.
2: AMC Lowe's in uh, on Aurora is pretty cool too. They got the recliners.
1: Oh yeah, that one's that one's good. So
2: probably worth it for you. But anyway, so I signed up for a list. Reserved my two seats for Ant Man. I got the middle middle. I was like, this is perfect to reserve it on time I got the best seat in the house I come in there's someone directly in front of me two people to my left I was like why so close <laughs> it's a pretty small theater but whatever mm-hmm. so movies playing uh, the guy in front of me I don't know actually I don't know if it was a guy or a girl or if it was some sort of creature
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the creature of the night
2: but right away I was just like oh no <laughs> this is going to be trouble uh this person in front of me just reacted so strongly to everything i don't Mm -hmm. know if there was like something off or they just loved superheroes or ant-man or marvel or something but like big fan this person was fist pumping in the air clapping their hands like getting super excited at one point they were like slapping their legs super fast. Like <laughs> It was kind of making me uncomfortable, but it was also taking me out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so after about 15, 20 minutes, I was like, I can't take this, <laughs> especially because the, the two girls next to me were like on their phone and having a conversation. And then this guy or whatever was in front of me <laughs> was just being obnoxious. So I was like, I got to get out of here. So I went to go get some concessions, came back, and I sat in the back row. The back row is pretty awesome in that theater.
1: Yeah, not too shabby. It's like
2: the final like five seats in the very back. Mm-hmm. It's just like your own little hangout. Mm-hmm. That might be my new favorite spot.
1: <laughs> I feel like groups get that spot oh. sometimes, and then they get really um, clicky about it. But that's probably just all in my head as I walk back up the stairs to like go to the bathroom or something. Maybe. And I see them just watching me because... You know, I'm coming up the stairs, and they're looking at the stairs. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm maybe.
2: saying, but I just, I knew I couldn't sit next to those people and enjoy the movie because I was like, I am enjoying this right now, but this guy is bringing it down. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that guy sucked. He sounds like a real downer, or whatever he was. <laughs> uh, and it was kind of of a bummer that I had to move seats to enjoy the movie, even though I had Movie Pass, where I got to reserve my seat ahead of time. a list. Yeah. I'm an A-lister now. It's kind of a big
1: deal. <laughs> Not even A-list can save you from the many pitfalls of movie trash going. people. Yes,
2: yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so now I'm an A-list member, and that person in front of me sucked. And uh...
1: I like to imagine that that, w- yeah. that was that person's like fourth time seeing the movie in theaters. I almost like thought about just like kicking them <laughs> in the sure, back of the that would have gone
2: well. Like, uncontrollably, it was just, like, Uh you know, a a reaction, but couldn't do it. (laughs) Thought about telling him to shut up, but I was like, can't do it. I'm all for someone enjoying themselves, but, like...
0: Not at the expense of other movie trailers.
2: Yeah, I agree. (laughs) So, had to move. Cool. (laughs) Sorry. Um,
0: (laughs) Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Full disclosure, I have not seen Ant-Man. Have you seen... Ant Man?
2: I saw Ant Man in the theater.
0: Uh, much of a fan of that one? Were expectations lower for this one as a result of the first one? I or try what? and
2: go into every Marvel movie with low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> to try and. Answer. Smart. Yeah.
0: Did this movie but, meet or exceed your low expectations?
2: I will say it slightly exceeded them, and it's either on the same level as the first one, or I like it a little bit more than the first one. Okay. Do you want me to give my initial thoughts?
0: Uh, If you want, or I can go first (laughs) if you want. Uh,
2: yeah, I thought this was a fun movie. Um, actually laughed out loud a few times, which is rare, especially for a Marvel movie and sitting in a relatively empty theater by myself. Um, I think I'm starting to get the whole point or, you know, what they're trying to do with these movies as far as like, we've said it before, I think on the show, but the movies feel like a TV series, you know, they're kind of episodic, but this felt like the most episodic to me in a good way, if that makes sense. Like the opening basically sets up the plot and it's not like a, we're going to save the universe type plot. And then we just go on this ride with these few characters. Hmm. Uh I love the how Ant-Man and the Wasp can change sizes. The it's kind of a gimmick, but when they like go small, that's their thing, right? It's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that their main thing?
2: <laughs> kind of sorta. Hmm. They I mean, in this one they, well, I think in the last one too he went big. Or maybe in Civil War. I haven't seen Civil he War. He did
0: go big in Civil War, yeah. Okay.
2: But There's just a lot of fun to be had with the changing of sizes, sure, (laughs) (laughs) and all the gadgets that encompass that. Okay. Um, Yeah, uh, the there wasn't really like there was villains in this, but they didn't really pose much of a threat. And the group of villains didn't even really feel like they needed to be in the movie, but I guess there needed to be some sort of conflict to take away from the uh, heroes from saving the day so easily <laughs> uh and i will say that the mid credit sequence was probably one of my favorite after the credits or mid credits whatever you want to call it sequences of the marvel universe kind of caught me off guard even though it probably shouldn't have <laughs> wait are you are you talking about like the stinger what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. So there's
0: like a middle of the credit stinger, <clears throat> and then there's like a very end yeah. stinger.
2: The very end one was such a throwaway, and I feel like that's almost just like it a, was like the
0: worst one yet. I it think it's so almost annoying. just like a
2: like a <clears> ha <throat> ha. You stayed till the end. This there's nothing but here you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and that 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 was also in the trailers for the movie,
2: right? Because I yeah, I felt like I'd seen that image before. Yeah.
0: So. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. It, it's fun. Paul Rudd. Who doesn't, who doesn't love Paul Rudd? The guy's the best. So I really like him, I like him as Ant-Man. Uh, I think he is funny. Uh, usually, and I've talked a lot of shit about him before on this show, but Michael Pena was actually probably the funniest character in the movie. Actually, you know, he got the most laughs for me. Um, it's funny actually. So you had alluded to multiple villains, so you have um, ghost who is kind of like the main she provides the biggest like threat to the heroes. She's not really any kind of like global threat yeah um, she was pretty cool, but the other villain is played by Walton Goggins. He's this kind of like crying up Lord, in everything now
2: especially as a villain.
0: yeah well he is amazing yes and it's funny. <laughs> <clears throat> that he's in this movie with Michael Pena because that is a season four of The Shield reunion. Because in season four of The Shield, Walton Goggins' character changes like precincts and he gets partnered up with Michael Pena. So they're partners. Oh, I didn't
2: know either of them were in that.
0: Yeah. You didn't know he was in The Shield?
2: Mm-mm.
3: Oh, he's
0: one of the main characters in The Shield. Goggins? He's, yeah. Oh. He is one of the greatest uh, television characters ever. Ever Shane Vendrell is his name. All
2: right.
0: Yeah, his arc, one of probably oh. the best character television arc ever.
2: But yeah, he's Good the shit. he's the villain in Tomb Raider. He is uh in Vice Principals.
0: Is he in Westworld? He, I don't think he's in Westworld. But he he's, he's the other Vice Chained, Principal, right? He's in Django. Or no, yep.
2: not Django. uh The Eight. Yeah, that one.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in. No, Django. he's not in Django. Yeah, we're mixing up Tarantino <laughs> westerns. Um, yeah, his character didn't have much to do, but I always enjoy seeing him because I've I've been a fan of his since, you know, the shield. So I always like when he pops up and stuff. Yeah. He was, he was in Predators. Remember that?
2: I don't remember him in that.
0: Yeah. He's one of the, the, the team, uh, on Adrian Brody's team or whatever. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the low stakes in this movie. I enjoyed that in civil war because the conflict came from character development. There's really not any character development in this movie, and the stakes are so low. Basically, the whole point of the movie is they're trying to rescue Michael Douglas's wife, the Wasps' mom, from the subatomic, the quant, the quantum realm. Yep. And that's it. Those are the stakes. Some character I don't give a shit about. Quantum we're spending realm all looks this time. Dope. It was pretty cool. There were some. There were some <laughs> neat scenes in the especially quantum especially towards realm. the end. Yeah. So there were some fun sequences. I wish there were more action sequences. You had mentioned that you like the the dynamic of, of big and small, and I wish there was more action in the movie, because I liked when they would go for that, but there's not a ton, especially in the middle yeah. of the film. Yeah, no,
2: there could have been more. The best, probably, action sequence was the one, like, in San Francisco, when, like, he gets big and... Yeah, and he, like, uses that car
0: that that. as a scooter, basically, yeah, and he goes cool. in the water. <laughs> yeah, that was a good sequence um there's w- when it comes like the s- the quantum realm when going subatomic there's a lot of little nitpicky things that i could go over but i don't really care i'm not that interested in it um overall it was fun i enjoyed my time with it i like the characters but there was really nothing for me to invest in it's not that funny there are funnier marvel movies like the guardians movies Dor ragnarok i enjoy the humor but not all of it landed for me um, and yeah, I, there was just nothing for me to kind of sink my teeth into. I wasn't really that invested in what was happening on this. Yeah,
2: I mean, I guess I just kind of viewed it as like I'm. I didn't read a lot of comics when I'm growing up, and I've probably maybe read like a comic in my lifetime. But I kind of just viewed this as like a one issue of a comic book. I'm assuming that's kind of how comics play out. I. I don't really know. <laughs> but like it was just like a contained story and it was it was a small story and I liked how they just like basically before like the title sequence they're like this is the plot of the movie. And then from there it kind of just cuz I feel like sometimes with Marvel movies you kind of get bogged down in the plot or like setting up other movies or like, you know it kind of just gets bogged down, but this one was just smooth and enjoyable throughout
0: yeah it was i appreciate that it was kind of a self-con- self-contained self story um there have been like all the marketing for this movie and things i've been hearing on the internet or like the ending that will rock your world and all this like super hyperbolic shit you would mention that you liked the the mid-credits stinger i uh knew that was gonna happen just based on the last Marvel movie, I was like, oh, how are they going to tie this in? People say the ending is going to rock your world. I bet this is going to happen.
2: See, I hadn't sure heard enough. that beforehand.
0: <laughs> and I also have... Maybe we can do like a very brief spoiler discussion because I do want to talk about that. But I have a lot of issues with the convenience of that. But it was it was a cool moment. And it does, like you had said, I think you said this off mic. It might have been when we were at work. But it's uh, it, it sets up a third ant-man movie yeah pretty well um you could do some neat things with that potentially
2: yeah i said it was like a good cliffhanger for the ant-man series but also within the marvel like franchise right
0: um
2: yeah i i like watching it i was like oh shit but then like right after i was like wait i probably should should have have seen that coming (laughs) (laughs) um
0: i don't have too much more to say about it It was, it's another Marvel movie. It doesn't really do anything to distinguish itself. It's certainly not the worst Marvel movie, but I I do put it in the bottom, the bottom tier.
2: Yeah, I would probably put it in the middle. I don't know. I don't really have, like, it's kind of one of those movies that like set out what it was supposed to do, but like, it didn't really like elevate beyond that. But like I can't really find too many things to nitpick about it either. It was just an enjoyable experience.
0: Sure. Okay. Um, star rating? I'm gonna give it a four, three point five. Um, Tom, do you care if we talk about the stinger? No. Okay, I figured I'm you would guessing
1: what it's about. <laughs> okay, so we'll let you
0: uh, offer up your prediction. So, oh, specifically,
1: uh, I don't know. I just think it's going to tie in somehow with the end of... Uh,
0: Infinity War? Yeah, Infinity War. Very brief spoiler discussion. If you've not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp and you care, skip ahead a couple of minutes, look at the
1: show notes. The Wasp disappears.
0: Mid-credits Stinger. Uh, they've developed new technology so that they can go into the quantum realm, like, more easily it's kind of this whole ordeal earlier in the movie so they basically develop this like entrance to the quantum realm like in the back of a van basically so they send they send ant-man into the quantum realm to collect like healing juice what do they call it (laughs) healing something we didn't really talk about her much at all ghost oh yeah uh yeah she was she's An interesting character, but she doesn't have that much to do, you know. I like her performance a lot, but anyway, so she has this, um, there was an explosion when she was a kid involving, like, the quantum realm, so she got, like, her dna was permanently affected so it's like constantly phasing in and out of reality so she can like phase through things it's
2: like her basically. cells are constantly like regenerating or something like, like reassembling
0: that. so there'll be she'll like flicker so that she can she can pass through anything anything can pass through her so they basically f- kind of find a cure but I think he was sent in there to help her. He was looking... He made some comment. He's, like, stuffing stuff into a knapsack. He's like, oh, she's healing crystals or whatever the fuck. <laughs> so they, like, establish contact. So they're on the roof of some building. Ant-Man goes into the Quantum Realm, and it's the Wasp, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer hanging out all together on the roof waiting for Ant-Man to do this. They establish voice contact, so they know they can talk to him when he's in the Quantum Realm. So he's like, oh, I'm ready to come back up. Can you guys hear me? And he's like, hello, are you guys there? Anyone there? Cuts back. All three of them have basically turned to dust. So no oh, one... Mind blown.
3: <laughs> so for two seconds. So he's stuck in the quantum realm.
0: Nobody knows the Ant-Man. Presumably nobody knows that he's in there except for those three. Sounds like a convenient
1: like, yeah. way to leave him out of the next, like, all the big battles, basically. Because why add Ant-Man? to that situation
0: right and not only that but it is supposed to be a completely a random chance that people get wiped out pretty convenient that the three yeah. the only three people who all happen to be in the same place at the same time yeah all happen to get caught up in that you know well, what I right mean?
2: as he goes in there as well like, yeah because he's safe in there right i'm assuming
0: what do you mean he's safe like oh, in from-
2: the quantum realm from disintegrating no i
0: don't think so i think he dude, just- he's
2: gonna be the fucking savior.
0: They're probably going to find some way that he can like do something in the quantum realm to reverse the actions of Thanos. I, I bet he's going to come into play yeah. in Infinity War Part 2. Mm-hmm. I bet. But we'll see.
2: Can't fucking wait. <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> you care. We all know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly, though. Infinity War needed to be better for me to care.
2: Okay. I thought you liked
1: Infinity War. I thought it was okay, but the more I think about it, the less I like it. Yeah. The more I look back on my time in that theater, the more I You want it back? You should have sliced off his hand with one of your portals. It's just so obvious.
0: Yeah. Lots of conveniences. Well, yeah.
1: (laughs) This entire
2: franchise is based off conveniences. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. it's do a, do a movie Tom. it's a movie i know you can't i've said it before can't always put say it logic again. into
1: these get better writers
0: okay <laughs> uh okay anything <laughs> else you want to mention on ant-man we're clearly not super interested no. in talking about it but i mean
2: yeah i don't know i really don't feel like there's much to really
1: dive into my yeah. question is as someone who knows <laughs> nothing about ant-man What is the appeal? I mean, there must be so many other untapped superheroes in the Marvel universe. I think he's a fun
2: character. I mean, like, Paul Rudd is just a fun actor to watch on screen, but like... Yeah, but when they're like going through the list, they're like, oh, Ant-Man. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that was kind of like the initial thing regarding Ant-Man was like (laughs) Ant-Man of all the superheroes, but then... It was a hit, and then...
0: Well, they're also the characters that they had access to. Like, originally, Spider-Man couldn't be used because of the rights. None of the X-Men could be used, and none of the Fantastic Four. So they make up a pretty significant part of the mm. Avengers. Mm. So they are kind of pulling from characters. I mean, look at Black Panther. No one would have given a shit about Black Panther until Civil War, and everyone's like, oh, that character's pretty cool. And then Black Panther came out and like shook the world, you know what I mean? when you yeah. heard about black panther you're like really fucking black panther but with ant-man specifically i mean i think he was one of the original avengers i've never really followed marvel comics that closely so i don't i don't know if that's true or not but uh and ant-man as a character has been around for quite a while so
3: hmm.
0: yeah i like uh I, does this make me want to like read old ant-man comics no But in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like...
2: I don't think any movie will make me want to go back and read comics.
0: Yeah, if it was someone other than Paul Rudd, I don't know how interested I would be, but I just fucking love that guy. And I think he's great. Um, I do think it's curious that... Again, I have very limited knowledge of Ant-Man, but Hank Pym, who Michael Douglas plays, I think he's the character that most people... When you think of Ant Man, it's Hank Pym because I knew that so, name before all Ant Man was being, being in these movies, and he is the original Ant Man. So I don't know why they chose to have Hank Pym and Scott. I forget whatever.
2: exactly how he like stumbles into being Ant Man. i yeah, character. I didn't, I
0: didn't see. Uh, it sounds like he didn't work for.
2: No, he's like a convict. Yeah, but I forget how he gets in contact with them. To get the suitor to be Ant Man, anyways.
0: Yeah, who cares?
2: I don't. But <laughs> I don't either. It was a fun and enjoyable movie, Tom. I, th- I think you'd like it.
0: All right, I've I, heard good I things. I do think so. you would enjoy it, but I don't know if you really need to go. I don't.
1: I don't think I'm gonna get around to it in theaters. <sighs> yeah,
2: I oh, think it'll you're, be you're playing okay for pass. like the next month. You'll you'll be okay. Mm. <laughs> These Marvel movies, man, they stick around. You gotta get on the A list. They got legs.
1: Maybe. They got six legs. <laughs> I guess I'll get on the A-list. On the ant list? The no-fly list.
0: <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let's move on to our next review. We're going to be talking about Sorry to Bother You. We have another clip. Here we go.
3: Hey, young blood. Let me give you a tip. Use your white voice. Man, I have got no white voice. Oh, come on. You know what I mean. You have a white voice in there. You can use it. It's like being pulled over by the police. Oh, no, I just use my regular voice when that happens. I just say, back the fuck up off the car and don't nobody All get right out. man, I'm just trying to give you some game. You wanna make some money here? Then read the script with a white voice. When people say I talk with a white voice anyway, so why ain't it helping me out? Well, you don't talk white enough. I'm, I'm not talking about Will Smith's wife. I'm talking about the real deal, like this young blood.
0: Hey, Mr. Kramer, this is Langston from Regalview. I didn't catch you at the wrong time, did I? Okay, Sorry to Bother You. Written and directed by Boots Riley. This is his feature film debut. I think he's primarily known as a musician slash comedian. Plot synopsis reads, in an alternate present-day version of Oakland, telemarketer Cassius Green discovers a magical key to professional success, propelling him into a macabre universe. Film stars Lakeith Stanfield of Get Out fame, Tessa Thompson, uh, Jermaine Fowler, Danny Glover, Army Hammer... Uh, A lot of hype behind this one. Sundance Darling got picked up for distribution by Annapurna Pictures, who put out some really good stuff. Trailer was very intriguing for this movie. A lot of hype behind this one. People are loving it. Uh, Tom, you want to start us off? What did you think of Sorry to Bother You?
1: Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I like a lot of elements of it. Um, The absurdism... I like the weird alternate reality kind of that they live in. Uh, I like the characters. Love Army Hammer as the villain. He plays a perfect rich white douche. Yep, he's good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know if it's just missing like kind of a coherence for me or like, I I don't know. The through line seems, I guess it's it's pretty clear, but... uh, I don't know. It's just lacking a little bit of a punch or something for me. But overall, I liked it quite a bit. I wish it was a little bit funnier. It was funny, but not as funny as I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that last point. Um, for me, uh, there are lots of things I enjoyed about the movie, but it's it's really messy. Yeah, like I admire the ambition of the whole thing because there's a lot going on. The movie introduces so many like new concepts uh, both uh, dealing with like the absurdism of this world that he's that you know has been created but then also just kind of on the nose uh, satire especially when it comes to like capitalism and Mm -hmm. uh, especially the ending I know some people are divided on the end of this movie and maybe we'll get into it in spoilers but I did not like kind of, I don't know if you would really call it a twist, but I mean, we're talking like alternate reality and absurdism. Like this movie takes a pretty (laughs) big jump. Yes. With where the movie goes in the end. (laughs) I did not see that coming. (laughs) Yeah, which it kept me guessing, but I don't think it was super effective. Like I think this movie is just trying to juggle too many things and it needed, like Tom had said, a little bit more. The pieces didn't necessarily come together in a cohesive way or it did, but it's all put together with duct tape and like you look at it and you're like, oh, well, it's kind of messy over here. Like maybe there's some more duct tape. You could take this thing off. What is this here for? You know what I mean? Um, So while I enjoyed the movie, I didn't love it. It's just a little too scatterbrained. Like the movie really has this like kind of manic energy that kind of goes through the whole thing uh it was kind of exhausting to be honest (laughs) yeah
1: nothing is particularly confusing no per se but it still is not easy to process i guess
2: yeah i think i'm in the middle as far as how much i enjoyed it between you two um i agree that it was kind of messy and it it is trying to do a little too much like I feel like I have to see this at least one or two more times to really pick up on some of the things he was trying to say or do cuz like there's like stuff on the wall like her uh Tessa Thompson's characters like t-shirts and earrings like yeah, yeah. all those have meaning but like trying to pay attention to those while trying to pay attention to like the the plot and like the through line of the movie um was kind of overwhelming uh I like the whole aspect of it mainly taking place in like a call center cuz I used to work in a call center Matt does work in a call center. You used to work in a call center, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like most Americans have either, you know, like, worked in a call center or, you know, been in, like, the food industry or whatever. So, like, a lot of people can probably relate on that level. at the bottom of the rung
1: lifestyle. Yeah.
2: And then how, like, at the start of the movie, how, like, ambitious he is about, like, or I guess, like, his outlook on life is... Like, he he's desiring something more than just, like, a, a normal life. And, um, but, yeah, and then how he basically, like, goes against what he believes to get on top. Right. And like you said, like, a lot of the themes of this movie are, it's kind of wearing it on its sleeve. Um, I did like how the ending took me by surprise. You're um, talking about the very ending? No, 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 just, like, The, like, reveal of
1: what's going on with, like, Um, Army
2: Hammer's character
1: and company. Um, Yeah, that's the only thing kind of balancing the obvious plot line or the obvious thematic elements is the ridiculous stuff happening all around it. Yeah, but then the very end
2: was a little off-putting because it was almost like it was, like, a happy ending to an extent. Like, it wasn't, like, really a downer. Yeah. But at the same time, it was, like, Well, the last, like, two minutes. I don't know if I would call that happy necessarily. Well, maybe not happy, but, like, on a good note, considering the situation. (laughs) I
1: honestly, I took the last couple minutes. as just kind of like a joke. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't like, I don't like either of those things. I don't like how the movie ended right before the credits start. And I don't like, so it's not really a stinger, but, like, there's the ending. Pretty depressing and also is kind of supposed to catch you by surprise but I thought it was kind of cheap like if the movie had ended that way I would be like really come on but then it comes right back so you think the credits are starting there's maybe like five seconds of credits and then it cuts back to the movie and then like Travis is alluding to it's not a happy ending but it's uh, like comeuppance I guess yeah. <laughs> vengeance um <laughs> but that's still also lame like ugh. I didn't, I just, where the movie ended up going, like, I, I, I like the, its depiction of, of race and, like, what it means to be, like, African American a lot more than I like its take on consumerism and capitalism. That was all just a little too aggressive and on the nose for me. Um, I mean, I want to give an example, but it's kind of a spoiler, so maybe I'll, I'll hold off for a couple more minutes, but. Some um, of the
2: stuff was good though. Like, I don't think this is necessarily a spoiler, but when he goes to that party towards the end of the movie, and Army hammers like, "Tell me a story." He like wants to hear a story from, uh, I don't know the main character's name, but Lakeith Stanfield's character. Oh, Cassius Green. Yeah, and uh, Cash Green. Right. Come yeah, on. I know. <laughs> 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 um, but how, like, he was expecting just like something different because he's black and he usually story and he lives in Oakland, busting like,
1: a cap in somebody's ass. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: But then I loved how that kind of ended or progressed when he wanted him to do a rap and how <laughs> he was like, I don't know how to rap, but he like just came up with something on the fly anyways. And I feel like that was like almost like a commentary on like people who enjoy hip hop music who aren't necessarily like have that kind of background like who get caught up in just like the chorus or just like the moment of like, you know, a few words, but <laughs> right. don't actually like, you know, like they can't really like, um, like resonate with it, but they're into it just because it's like a, a cool beat or whatever. It's right. got very like a very
0: surface level. Enjoyment. Yeah. It's
2: got like a, a hook to it. So they're like, Oh, I'm into this. But like when in actuality, it's like, you probably shouldn't be repeating this or enjoying it. Right yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's lots of like moments that I I really appreciated, and there's like lots of clever things. The movie is it's funny, not as funny as I had hoped it would be, but I did enjoy the humor in the movie. Um, I like the performances a lot. I think Tessa Thompson is a treasure. She's been great. She she's in a ton of stuff lately, and I've loved her in, in everything.
1: Yeah, except for annihilation.
0: <clears throat> she is she in Annihilation? Yeah, Tessa T- oh yeah, she plays. Uh, I, I liked her in that movie. No,
1: she was fine. She's she bad. wasn't. Like, she didn't a have Steen much to, to do. Or- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're all bad, except for Natalie. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, Jennifer Jason Leigh wasn't bad mm. as the director. <laughs> She's kind of bad. <laughs> <clears throat> well, anyway, uh, that's not the movie we're talking about. Um, <laughs> sorry to bother you. Where was I?
1: The performances, you like them.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about uh, white voice. Yeah. So I thought that was hilarious from the trailer, but they draw a lot of attention to it in the movie. Like, I thought it was going to be one of those things where it's like the audience hears the voice and they're like, that's Patton Oswald. That's David Cross. like, And it was just going to kind of be funny, but they specifically draw attention to the white voice a lot. Like, he'll just kind of use it, and they'll be like, stop it with that ridiculous voice, you know? Like, I kind of like that element of absurdism when you don't draw attention to it. Mm. But I feel like the characters within the film itself acknowledge how strange it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's the best white voice I've ever heard. Like, I like it more as a concept than I like how it's utilized in the movie. Like, I wish they didn't draw so much attention to the fact that it's weird that that sound is coming out of his mouth, you know? Yeah. Because they do draw attention to how strange his voice sounds. You know well, what I mean? and
2: those are, like... Like, David Cross and Patton Oswald, those are very specific voices. Like, you can pick those out of, like, anything. And I felt like they should have went with maybe, like, more generic, like, voices just because it felt so, like, obvious that it was those actors saying those parts that like, it just was kind of jarring hearing it come out of the, the person's mouth. And I guess that's part of like the assertivism and like the like alternate reality we're in, mm-hmm. but like think it
1: could have worked well if it was generic.
2: Yeah. I just feel like it would have not been as like in your face. Yeah. Cause like, I just feel like it's not like too white, mm-hmm. but like, <laughs> it's just like so, like specific of a voice that because like not a lot of people sound like Patton Oswalt or David Cross, so like you were just distracted by the
1: fact that yeah, it was. That and every particular.
2: time they it, he spoke as that, I was just like, that's not him. And no matter what he would try to do to his voice, he right. could not sound like those two guys or you know one of those two guys.
0: Right, and it, yeah. So if it had been, it's not the fact that the voice is so different that bother me. But getting to what you're saying, like I every time. He would talk I would see David Cross Saying those (laughs) words You know Like when you have Such Uh like a voice and a, an actor like that who's a character actor they've been a comedian a really long time like it doesn't matter that i'm seeing lakeith stanfield like in my head i'm like overlaying david cross or i can see david cross like on set you know like behind the director's chair like with a microphone like i know that's not how they record those lines yeah. but it was still obtrusive that they use those actors and it's kind of it's funny hearing them say this stuff yeah. but it's also distracting right so I, i'm kind of torn on on that yeah um yeah i mean ultimately i think the movie didn't really live up to the hype for me like i, I think i admire it more than i actually enjoyed watching it yeah same. maybe if i rewatch it i won't be so distracted or I'll, I'll be able to kind of piece things together but it just felt and we've used the word multiple times, it messy. It, it was kind of scatterbrained, it felt like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll reward a rewatch.
0: I think so, too. But as it stands, it was good. It wasn't great. Yeah. Any other, do you guys want to do like a brief, uh, just talk about the ending of this movie? I don't have other spoiler stuff, but I mean, do we? do we care? Mm-hmm.
1: I don't need to.
2: Yeah, I mean, other than to discuss it, but. Well. Or, like, spell out what happens, but.
0: We can talk about it in between reviews, because um, there's just, just a small thing I want to say. And so, okay. Uh, let's go ahead and give star ratings. Uh, it is a three and a half for me. Four and a half.
2: Whew. Right in the middle. Four stars.
0: Yeah, you called it. Right in the middle. <laughs> uh, okay. That is going to do it for Sorry to Bother You. Let's move on to our next review Leave No Trace. We got another clip. Let's listen in.
1: Sorry for making you worry about me. If we had a phone, I could have called you.
3: I've always been able to communicate without all that. I
1: think it might be easier
3: on us if we try to
1: attack. We're wearing their clothes, we're in their house, we're...
3: we're eating their food, we're doing their work. We have adapted. The only place we can't be seen is in this house.
1: We can still think around thoughts. Like
3: you said.
0: All right, Leave No Trace is the latest feature film from writer director Deborah Granick, who is responsible for Winter's Bone. Mm. That's what gave us uh, Jennifer Lawrence, kind of put her on the map. Yep. Oscar winning performance. Uh, that movie came out in 2010, so it's been a while since we've heard from her. But her new film, plus synopsis on this one. A father and his 13-year-old daughter are living in an ideal existence in a vast urban park in Portland, Oregon, when a small mistake derails their lives forever. Oh, my God. Film stars Ben Foster and newcomer Thomason McKenzie. Goes by Tom in the film. Um, Still rocking
2: 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Still rocking 100%. This one I do want to see.
1: Rightfully so. So when you guys get the spoilers, I'm going to... We probably won't... No,
0: there's well no spoilers. Much. No spoilers on this one. Um, well, kind of underwhelmed by this movie. I uh, enjoyed it. It's a good movie, but I don't know. I kept waiting for it to pay off and something interesting to happen, and huh? nothing interesting really ever happened for me. And then I won't spoil the ending, but it's and it may be like it's weird for me because I'm I'm the guy on the show who cries watching everything I get very emotionally invested in things it's not hard to like take emotional energy from me you know
2: well you don't have to cry to enjoy something Matt
0: I was so ready to cry I was just like I, I, I went into this movie like alright haven't had a good cry in a while come on movie fuck me up and the end happened. It's, it's supposed to be this super emotional moment, and I think a lot of people do find it very emotional, but I didn't like it from like a character perspective. It didn't feel right to me, and I think that kind of like nullified whatever emotions I would have felt.
2: Um, well, I never go into a movie hoping that I'll cry. Um, I go into every movie. but every movie, I'll I cry. loved
0: this movie.
1: Did you cry?
2: No, but I rarely ever do. Um, the two lead performances are amazing. Yes. Ben uh,
1: Foster, really.
2: Uh... Can't say enough about both of them, but Ben Foster plays a troubled character like no one else. Mm hmm. He just sells it. Mm
3: hmm. Uh,
0: I mean, he's kind of hammy sometimes. Well,
2: yeah, but I feel like he does the like outlandish, over the top, like maniacal type performance or he does like a more quiet reserved but like there's definitely something going on internally still waters run
1: deep
3: (laughs) because
2: he never really like breaks in this movie where he like has like a like an outburst or anything yeah Yeah. um but i could kind of see that happening in some movies that are like this with him starring in it um Loved the uh, setting, Pacific Northwest. That green shrub was giving me a chub. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, And I thought the ending was great. Um, I think the movie doubles as like a a coming-of-age story, and at some point you need to kind of let go and do your own thing. And then also it deals with... Uh, PTSD and how people who suffer from that can't really adapt to the normal world and get back into like a normal routine. Um, I love all the stuff with them just out in the wilderness, surviving, living off the land, some would say.
0: like <laughs> <laughs> all would say.
3: But...
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's a it's kind of a small story. There's not like too much conflict, but I was pretty invested the entire time.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I wanted more from it. Um the stakes aren't very high and and that's okay, but you you do get invested in the two of them. Like you don't want them to get separated. So, I mean this is in all the trailers, like essentially they get caught living out in the in the park so they get put into like like a home basically and they're kind of forced to try and adapt so the movie is them trying to adapt and where it goes from there um i just i don't know there weren't really any story beats that took me by surprise uh you had indicated that ben foster's character has ptsd they allude two way i mean we know he was a veteran that's how they have they get money what little money they have it's just like his disability check from the va basically um, when
2: doesn't he like sell his pain pills to the other people
0: mhm yeah so he sells pills and then he gets money and then that's what they use but
2: he's off the meds yeah aka off the
1: rocker hey man yeah. nature is his medication
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean the strengths are in the performances but I uh, wasn't in the setting. Like I look what? outside my window and I'm in the movie. Like I don't it's not that interesting to me, you know.
2: Yeah, but we don't get a lot of movies set in the Pacific Northwest. So you don't think all that What's greenery you, is beautiful?
0: I see it every day. It's not it's not interesting <laughs> oh to me. Wow. Aesthetically it's not interesting to me.
2: What do you want? Like a Mad Max wasteland? No, I want fucking Valerian in the city of <laughs> oh a thousand planets, God. is what I want, baby.
0: Um <laughs> Very <laughs> solid drama, incredibly well acted, ultimately not very powerful for me. I just wanted more from it. How about the
2: uh, the scenes where they're taking that test, especially Ben Foster's character? Did that touch you at all, move you at all, do anything for you? You know when he's like being asked like four hundred questions? Yeah. Was good it was stuff, a good right? scene, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: No? Yeah, whoop de doo yeah, don't know.
2: I also like how the girl is kind of, like, all in with her dad's beliefs, but then when she gets, like, a glimpse of the outside world, she, like, slowly tarts, starts to, like, change her mind and make decisions for herself.
1: Yeah. Too obvious.
2: I guess. <laughs> I
0: guess. There was one really funny scene where they go to church, and there's these, like, women who do this, like, dance routine oh right i was cracking up during that part so stupid uh and so strange but um yeah i i don't know i prefer winter's bone i think that's a more uh more interesting film more entertaining
2: i would prefer winter's bone as well but not by much um but that's more of like a thriller than this this is kind of just like a character study mm
0: yeah, so for what it is, it's it's good. I recommend people see it, but it, there just wasn't really anything for me to really, like, kind of latch on to, you know? I wanted something uh, a little deeper. I don't know.
1: I'll see it, Travis. It was great. In theaters. Loved it. <laughs> I want to see that, that Portland Wilderness on the big screen.
0: They also they do, sure do go to Washington at one point, but oh. none of it was filmed in Washington. Yeah. It was trash. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not.
0: Um yeah, and I mean there are some sequences with with like that specifically like trying to travel and I mean
2: you you don't like the stuff out in the woods? Come on, it's like right up it's like the survivalist. I was going to say the survivalist.
3: <laughs> this fucking guy <laughs> over here, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh
2: when they're making the, you know, the little like kindling or the uh, fire starter or whatever uh, it's fuck. called, when they're doing like the little like shavings on the Yeah? I lo- that stuff. Is fascinating to it's me.
0: What's just shriveled wood?
2: <laughs> yeah, just people living off the land.
1: I've seen enough. human been camping. <laughs> Glamping. I've seen enough
2: <laughs>
0: movies. I've seen enough episodes of Survivor Man, Man vs. Wild, Naked and Afraid. Oh, so like-
2: I've never watched any of that stuff.
0: Okay, well, maybe the- I-, I find <laughs> living in the woods uh, kind of <laughs> dramatically. Um, what's the word? Vapid is that the word i'm looking for tepid
1: probably not vapid vaping what (laughs) timid uh maybe use more words
0: just keep strapping out you like captain
2: fantastic more than this oh yeah captain fantastic is for sure better than this this is the Mm -hmm. more realistic version of captain fantastic i
1: thought captain fantastic was fine but
2: i liked captain fantastic a lot
0: there's a lot more like emotional like resonance in that movie for me hmm is it more sentimental? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Totally. But I find it more A little
2: more fantastical.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, anything else you want to say on Leave No Trace? No, but you're wrong. Who sucks? <laughs> uh, dropping another 3.5 on this bad boy.
2: Going all in. Five out of five? five oh, you
3: fuck.
1: I can't wait to get my four and a half star rating. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh okay cool well I think we can both agree it's worth checking out go yes. see the movie for sure um okay one more feature review here uh we're gonna talk about the first purge which is technically the fourth purge mm-hmm. we have another clip here we go you're angry yes I'm angry very angry
2: you wanna release that anger I need to Thank you for your honest answers. First, a few formalities. Batesias, the official flower of the experiment, they represent rebirth. In the box you have
3: recording lenses, contacts. Should you choose to actively participate, wear them on the evening and they'll document everything you do. As I
2: said, greater participation yields greater financial compensation. Next, we'll implant a tracking device after that, you'll be all set, as they say, to purge.
0: Okay, the first Purge is directed by Gerard McMurray. So, this is the first film not directed by creator James DeMonaco.
2: Well, he did the first three.
0: Mm hmm. Wow. Wrote and directed the first three. So, he's back as writer. So, he wrote the first Purge, but first time not in the director's chair. Uh, plot synopsis reads, After the rise of a third political party, the new founding fathers of America, mm. an experiment is conducted. No laws for 12 hours on Staten Island. No one must stay during the experiment, yet there is $5,000 for anyone who does. Film stars. Bunch of nobodies. Who cares? Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> disaster You didn't get any on the electrical equipment, did you?
2: No, but now it's dripping off the chair know,
0: um, Put your hand under there and make a little cup oh God.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Tom
0: Apologies to the listeners You think I'm gonna edit this crap out? Definitely not <laughs> Not gonna happen Oh, God uh, Travis just I blame fucking this book. <laughs> caused chaos Knocked over his mic which then knocked over a beer can, which then stained Tom's beautiful carpet permanently. No. You're going to pay for that, bud? Well,
2: if it comes out of your deposit, Tom, just let me know. <laughs> I blame this book that he gave me to set the mic on.
0: Okay. Crisis under control. Whew. That was close. We all good? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tom did not see this one. So we're going to be quick. Um,. The first Purge. This is the prequel in the Purge series. Uh, we we'll talk about that a little bit because like, it's kind of messy with this coming out, what, seven years after the the Purge? So, But it's technically the first one.
1: Did you see all of them? I have seen all of them, yes. Are they all just another Purge is happening?
0: Um, yeah. Each one takes place during a different Purge. The first one... Is more of just like a straightforward horror movie because we you don't really deal with the purge like on a macro scale. It's just the purge is happening and it's this one family being terrorized during the purge. So it's a lot more like intimate, kind of generic horror movie like home invasion type stuff.
1: I really hope when or I really hate when stuff this stupid lasts this long. (laughs) They just keep coming out, you know.
2: Well, yeah, and then after you make three. And it's a success. You got to go back and uh, make successful? some prequels. Well, it's the they gimmick, actually dog are
0: decent movies. I do enjoy Aww. two and three. It's a great gimmick. A great gimmick. Yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. It's a, a horror movie for our times, for sure. And the marketing is absolutely trying to capitalize on that. But okay. I just
2: feel like someone more substantial should take on this idea or... Franchise or series because you said the the first three were directed and written by the same guy but i imagine they all kind of look and feel the same and this one i'm assuming is similar to the other three Mm -hmm. but like i just feel like this is kind of like a jobber type movie like you know here's here's the purge have fun with it it's not like a singular vision that this guy's like building this Amazing crazy world. You know what I mean? Like it just feels kind of like like minimal, but it's such a grand idea. Like I feel like you could do some cool stuff with it.
0: Yeah, you could, but I mean it's it's a B movie. Give like, it to
2: Denny Villeneuve. <laughs> Get <laughs> just, him in here. <laughs> just thinking that. I was thinking that,
3: that would suck.
0: <laughs> it's there are so many issues though with the whole concept like if you really try to flush it out too much like it's only going to draw more attention to the fact that it's a pretty flimsy concept. Yeah. It sounds cool on paper, but like well okay, so as an example, the purge happens. No all crime is allowed for 12 hours, but the movie doesn't really get into like the implications of like what that means after the purge happens. Like, let's say the purge was happening tonight. Me and you go into work tomorrow, uh, and so and so is not at work. And everyone's like, <laughs> what, "What happened? What happened to John Smith? Where did he go?" And then I'm like, "Oh, you know what? Travis actually uh, curb stomped him last night, so uh, we're not going to see that guy again." You know, yeah. Like, you're. It doesn't. You may be absolved of the crime as far as the punishment that comes with it, but what's gonna happen like especially in this movie it plays with uh, they were these like contacts so that you can basically live stream the whole purge so uh, it's like you're on camera yeah killing someone or doing whatever so it's like what makes you think that the footage can't come back and yeah maybe you can't be convicted of a crime but you're on tape fucking murdering someone
2: well, i haven't seen the other three but i was talking to my brother about this and they introduced that in this movie but then that technology or that device isn't in the future movies it is not which is dumb
0: well i mean it <laughs> it makes sense because so this movie is an experiment. So this new... Why didn't new, they wear GoPros? GoPros? Yeah. Because that's not cool. Colored, shiny contacts? GoPros are pretty dope. That's dope. dope. Way <laughs> <laughs> So I have an issue with the contacts too, but let me... These are optional. Yes, they are optional. So the whole point is that they're trying to use this as an experiment so that if it's successful, they can like basically go nationwide with it, or at least on a larger scale, so they, there's financial incentives to participate. And the movie, part of the issue is that they, they speculate that everyone's just going to be going fucking crazy, murdering everybody. It's going to be chaos. But that doesn't happen right away. So they, like, manufacture violence mm-hmm. to, like, incite violence, basically. That makes sense in the context of this movie. But if you apply that psychology on a nationwide scale, the same thing should apply. People should just kind of not really participate in the murder is, unless the government is constantly, like, basically sending people out to make it seem like people are participating in the purge, but they're not. What is the whole purpose of
2: the purge? To lessen population because we're overpopulated? Is that the whole point?
0: Well, okay, so there's, there's two, and that's kind of, like what like not the movie's not deep but i don't
2: understand like because you they give money to people who will stay inside but then they also give money to people who who will participate so like what is the gain for
0: that's only in the experiment though once Uh it goes nationwide there's no economic incentive to participate um so basically on like a pr level they think that their, their, uh, their pitch is that by allowing everybody to participate in crime for 12 hours, they'll basically get it out of their system. You know, like act out all of the aggression, all these demons that are in you. Just get it out of you. 12 hours.
2: It's funny because I got none of that watching this movie.
0: This one, right. <laughs> yeah. You don't get any of that. But that's, that's the pitch, right? But the what this movie does is it kind of doubles down on the politics so there's lots of protesters, and That's basically, the purge. they're basically what they're saying is that it's just the government uh, using this as a way to eliminate the poor, specifically poor people of color, and just have them wipe each other out so that we don't have to worry about it. Basically, so there's these two sides. It's like what they are presenting from like a PR perspective, and then what the actual intentions are so it's the movie says this stuff explicitly and it says it a lot so they're really trying to drill in like how political the movie is but there's really no like nuance to it like the characters there's a lot of exposition um and there's just really not much depth to it which is fine it's a b-movie horror movie like b-horror the problem that i have with this movie is it's just not very good it's not scary for one Two, the other purge movies and i know you've only seen the one but there's just more striking images in it these really crazy costumes and these cr- this creepy stuff of these people like wandering through the streets committing violence there's really none yeah, of that in this The election movie.
2: year trailer looked cool but i hadn't seen well i so i've seen the second one before this but i don't remember anything about it it was just like on at a friend's house and I was kind of like half watching it. But from what I remember, I didn't really like it that much. But if you asked me anything about it, I couldn't tell you anything about it. Um, but I've always been like intrigued by it, but just from the like word of mouth, it just doesn't sound like they're very good. So I've just kind of skipped them till now.
0: They're enjoyable. This is probably my least favorite of the four. It's kind of on par with the first one, which I, I don't think is a very good movie. Um, it's just, uh, so there's just lots of little annoying things, like for using the contacts as, as an example, they're colored contacts. The main One of the main characters, uh, he has like blue contacts and they never change color, but other characters have different colored contacts. And it just seems like it's just there for purely aesthetic reasons, because most of the time the color of the contacts that the other characters are wearing match the environment that they're in. So there'll be like two creepy dudes, like under green light with these like piercing green eyes with green light above them. they will do the same thing. There's another scene where it's like red light, two characters with red contacts. It's just there for aesthetic purposes. Like it's not actually, they don't change colors in the environment. It just seems like, I don't know, super arbitrary what the colors are, you know, like the main bad guy, not the main bad guy. One guy's like purple contacts and that character is just fucking. What the fuck is his name? Absurd. Skeletor or something. Skeletor is yeah. his name, yeah. Super badass. Yeah, they I try and- that name's taken. <laughs> <laughs> they try and build him up as this like fucking psychopath, super scary dude. Um he's disappears for most of the movie and then he comes back at the end, just gets fucking smoked. Like yeah. they try and lead like build up this like conflict between these two characters. Totally wasted. So much, like, emotional bullshit. Like, they try and make you feel for, like, the plights of these characters. And there's, like, lots of dramatic music and crying. And... I didn't care about any of that stuff yeah, either. Yeah, it was and poorly done as well.
2: I didn't like how it focused on, like, a bunch of different people. And maybe that's just how these movies play out. But, like, I feel like it would be better if it was, like, a little bit more contained. Because even though it was, like, about one group of people, they got separated. And then we'd spend some time with one group, spend some time with the other. Then they would meet together... Sometimes we'd spend time with the bad guys or just, like, a random group of people. Um, But I did, like, I thought the movie looked pretty good for the most part. Like, there were some cool shots, especially, like, with some of the lighting. Um, But towards the end, it was a little too much, like, the strobe light effect.
0: Yeah, I didn't didn't like that sequence. I
2: hate when the, in theaters, when it's, like, pitch black or there's, like, pitch black images that, like, are contrasted with, like these flashing white lights because like it just destroys my eyes like i can't even watch the screen (laughs) um the action sequences were i feel like poorly shot like they were kind of messy and hard to understand what was even going on
0: yeah yeah also super cool like there's almost like like superhero shit that happens you remember the scene it's like an ambush there's like smoke grenades And, like, the, the, the guys, like, crew rolls through and they take out these guys with, like, assault weapons. And they're doing all this, like, crazy, like, hand-to-hand combat stuff and just running through. Like, it was so corny. Like, they're acting like they're these, like, trained, like, black ops military (laughs) operatives. And they're just, like, you know, they're just criminals. They're just gangsters.
2: Yeah. Um, That was
0: super corny. The
3: street
2: party thing looked kind of cool. Um I liked the uh, soundtrack. It had some good uh, hip hop songs on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like the plot didn't really stick with me at all. I didn't really care about any of the characters. Um, it did feel a little too actiony given the the characters. Um, the main guy, like the the cool guy, the one. <laughs> My brother and I were talking about him and I don't know if it's actually been said or not, but there might be talks that he played. Yeah. And I, I was like thinking that watching the movie, not knowing there'd been talks about it, but I can totally see that. Not saying he's like an amazing actor by any means, but
0: I mean, he was actually pretty decent. Yeah,
2: he's fine. Um, I feel like there's other people who could play Blade just fine. And Benedict
0: Cumberbatch. No. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, performances in this movie. Not not good. No. Either way over the top or just straight up bad.
2: Marissa Tomei's in it. But yeah, what the fuck? Marissa like Tomei nothing. is in this movie,
1: Tom. She plays somebody's aunt.
0: She plays like a psychologist, basically. Uh, she's yeah, I the think one. She's in the previews,
1: right? She, she uh, is she? I don't remember. She masterminds know. it, but it gets taken out of her hands.
0: Yeah, so she came up with the idea of the purge. Yeah, she, a
1: clinical psychologist would definitely sign on to the idea that you can get criminal desire out of your system <laughs> yeah, in a right. twelve-hour period.
0: Um so that kind of stuff was lame and she's wasted in this movie. I don't give her anything to Literally. do. Literally. Oh, she, you know, she, she just got she just did like, it for the paycheck the or something. Literally wasted.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she showed up to rehearsal completely
0: smashed um well it's funny that he says literally wasted because who fucking cares she, she dies mm. but you don't even really see her die it's like security cameras so you just see this like woman with blonde hair like a, ah! she a, gets like, like a, killed a
2: skirt suit you can't even tell
0: it's her like they don't show her face she probably yeah. didn't even come on to set that day they just put a wig on someone's like all right you're gonna die today you know she just came in for like two hours filmed like two scenes and they're like all right give me yeah. a paycheck.
2: because watching that, i was like is that her character That's got to be her character. Yeah, right. we wouldn't be spending any time on it if it wasn't. Yes,
0: (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Um, yes. Also, I feel like this was an opportunity to really, like, kind of play with, like, how did the Purge come to be? But it basically, from the beginning, is exactly how it is when it goes nationwide. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, like, technology that's in use because it's, like, funded by this political party. So they're, like, pumping all this money into it. But... The basic concept of The Purge, it's there's no different than the other movies, you know? It's just contained to one island, which I like. I like the idea of it being like on Staten Island and, and contained to that space. Yeah. But I know. Really I thought that much. was odd,
2: too, because this being the first one and I haven't really seen the other ones, I was expecting it to be more of an origin story, but it, it feels like just another... Perch movie.
0: Yeah, missed opportunity there. And also there's this dynamic between Skeletor who's kind of like stalking this other character. Staten Island is not the biggest place in the world, but it's big enough that this <laughs> fucking junkie shouldn't be able to just like track him everywhere. Like he he's constantly popping up like fine how would he know where they went? How would yeah. he know? Like does he can he just smell anything is he like sniffing around like a dog like following his trail like
2: was there a reason why he was chasing him the whole time too
0: because he uh uh remember at the purge party he was gonna he kill him, cut him yeah and then he chickens out and then he cuts him so then he's just trying to like mm. basically get him
2: but is there really any reason to like hunt this guy down no see that's stupid yeah
3: it's <laughs>
0: stupid <laughs> Um, it was not very good. It was enjoyable. Like I, I do enjoy these movies. I don't think yeah. they're great, but like I'm pretty sure I gave two and three like a three point five. So,
2: and also, um, the look of this, like just like the costumes and all this, remind me of like the Universal Studios Halloween Horn. <laughs> 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 just like people walking around in costumes at night. Like I don't know. I just feel like this movie should be a little bit more realistic. Like, why do people have to dress up in, like, these crazy costumes and makeup and, like, I don't know, like... To intimidate your foes. I
0: guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that could be part of it, Also, for sure. maybe
1: a lot of people would want to be anonymous, so they wear masks and stuff.
0: There is a really stupid, like, kind of throwaway line where they acknowledge that, because this is the first, like, it's basically being televised, so it's, like, the first time this has happened. The revolution. So they're like... There are lots of people out on the streets wearing masks and covering their faces. I wonder why. Could it be because, like, and then they say, like, the most obvious thing. Um, but it's like, oh, uh, well, maybe because they want to, like, perpetrate violence but don't want to go into work the next day and be like, hey, I saw you on CNN stabbing a dude in the belly. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and do,
2: does most of the crime in these movies involve murder? Yeah.
0: That's another thing, too. Like, it, it's, get, Where's the stealing, robbery in school? Yeah, yeah, or looting everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is it? It's only focused on murder because it's like a B-movie horror thing. But, like, if all crime, like, what about, like, white-collar crime? Like, why aren't there people just, like, doing super illegal shit with a lot of money so that they can, like, yeah. you know, it's all just, like.
2: Forging signatures. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude. <laughs> just spend the whole twelve hours just forging a CEO's signature, like writing yourself checks. <laughs> That's
2: the purge movie I want to
0: see. Um Catch so, me if you can't, purge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, it was it was not great. I found some enjoyment from it, but
2: Yeah, it was okay, but I'm not really I I don't really feel like I want to watch the other three.
0: Election year is cool.
2: Which one's the best?
0: The second one, but you don't even remember watching it.
2: Yeah, it didn't really catch my attention.
1: They all I've, look horrible to me.
2: I have a feeling they're all going to be generally the same.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're all very similar. So... I, I
2: hate watching the same movie over and over, unless it's something that I really like. Lord of the Rings.
0: <laughs> I feel like they've kind of done everything they really can with this concept, at least in this form, with this like creative team. But we got a fucking 10-episode miniseries coming out really? later this year. The
2: trailer, did you stay for that?
0: Yeah, for the USA Network trailer. That trailer was trail.
2: garbage. It showed absolutely nothing.
0: Yeah. Literally, it was just like an announcement. There. The Purge TV show, just there's, like
2: this flashing image. There's and,
0: gonna be another movie, I'm sure. So five Purge movies, a ten episode television event. Like, it's a pretty flimsy concept to begin with. Like, God, people will watch anything.
2: Yeah, but it's like I don't know. I feel like the term, like the Purge, is like part of like the like population now. Like people use that like jokingly all the time.
0: Yeah, it's it's a pop culture reference now for sure.
2: Yeah, and I feel like that's like what's. This, these movies are riding on, and they probably don't have a very big budget. So they don't. They can easily make enough money to just keep doing them.
0: Which yeah, which is what like I think the budget on this new one was thirteen million, and it made thirty one million opening weekend. So, yeah, I mean
2: that's enough it's making to money. Greenlight the next one.
0: Yeah. Um, like okay. It. Star rating three two point five loved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay. Well, that's it for our featured reviews. Before we get into what we've been watching, we're going to run down how do we want to do this? So, we're going to do uh, our top yes. 5 films of the year. Do we want to do 555? Five, five, five? Do we want to do it like we would like a top 10 where we just take turns saying our pick or do we just want to quickly run through our top 5s and are we saying
2: much about these? No. Not maybe Anything? just a couple
0: thoughts. I mean it's okay. completely up to you, but I mean I'm sure all of these movies that are gonna come up have been discussed on previous episodes. And if they make it to the cut at the end of the year, we'll spend more time with them then, so Okay. I don't think we need to spend too much time on it, but Okay, let's do it. Well, what are we doing? Are we just doing
2: Let's do round, round table. table.
0: Round table? Okay. Well you go first. You're so eager, eager beaver.
2: Well, this was yeah, the hardest one for me, uh, picking a number five. I feel like my top four are pretty solid. Um, but I went with Love Simon.
0: Oh, didn't, have not seen that one yet. Fifth
2: favorite movie of the year thus far.
0: So that's that's not a five star movie?
2: No, it is. It is? I got eight five star movies. Eight on this list five star movies? So far. Oh, wow. What? I've seen a lot more movies than you guys.
0: Yeah, but I've not not good Sorry. movies Sorry. how many um, good like Love, Simon is like the only one that you've seen that I haven't seen Paddington that I would actually 2? want to see. get out of here with that bear bullshit
2: no those both of those movies <laughs> are incredible uh, family fun for everyone
0: my number five Thoroughbreds it's a movie I enjoy a lot don't think it's perfect but uh I think about that one quite a bit actually so squeezes its way onto my top five of the
1: year so far hmm I'm going to give Sorry to bother You number five.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. All
1: right.
2: Mm-hmm. Number four, we just talked about
1: this last episode, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Oh, I'm so excited to see it. I skipped that part of the of last show. Oh. Didn't want to hear a thing. Good idea, because
2: <laughs> we did talk in detail about a lot of A couple stuff.
0: moments, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a good call. Um
2: it could be the year that I give a uh, doc a top 10 spot.
1: We will see. Mm. Mm. We will see. No. So <laughs> you don't have
0: Icarus that. on yours
1: either. <laughs> no, but I hadn't seen it by the time top 10. Would that have been Would on it? your top 10 of the year? I gave it a four and a half. It might have. I loved Icarus. Yeah,
0: four and a half? It wouldn't have been on your top 10. I had some four and a
1: halfs in my top 10. He's a stickler, dude. Yeah,
0: that's true. You're Did you watch stingy. Icarus? I started it. I started it before you saw oh, yeah, it, and yeah. I like never came back to it.
1: It's captivating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday. Um, your turn? My turn. Number 4. Uh disobedience. Nice.
1: Uh,
3: we nice. talked
0: about it on the show. We had, we all saw that movie, right?
3: Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. That's also your number 4. Yeah, disobedience. Oh yeah. For the sex scene. Uh mainly for the sex scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just make it <laughs> sure and second right. for the cure song. <laughs> <laughs>
2: number 3
1: first reformed
0: mm-hmm. also number three for me
1: mm. my oh. number three is annihilation
0: oh. mm. should be higher should be higher <laughs>
2: yeah i figured <laughs> <laughs> i need to re-watch annihilation yeah you do uh number two you were never really here
0: number two you were never really here
1: mm. number two hereditary
2: Oh, really? Dang, I was going to guess that as your number one. I fucking love Hereditary. What is above yeah. that? Yeah, oh, well, you'll find out in a second. Yeah. Slow your roll, bud. Number one. Can you guys guess it? Tully. Nice. That's your number <laughs> no. one? Is it <laughs> <Yeah>. really Tully? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I never would have guessed that. Oh, yeah.
0: I don't even know if Tully in my top ten, to be
2: honest. Wow. That hurts, Matt. <laughs> wow. uh,
0: Tully is solid, but I have issues with it. Um three for a loop. I mean you guys already know what my number one is. Yeah. Do yeah,
1: you really here Wait, no, oh, that was my number two.
0: Yeah, fucking annihilation. First dude.
3: reformed? No. I no, you said that I number three. He
0: <laughs> just said it.
2: Annihilation. Yeah. Yeah, duh. <laughs> did I tell you guys that I rewatched Annihilation?
0: <laughs> You'd rewatched it. No, yeah. I did not know that.
1: Oh, you did rewatch it. Yeah, I watched it with Sarah. How did it how did it go? Up or down? She had the exact same gripes that I did. Which is that the writing is not great and the performances are not great for the most part
0: writing is top notch
1: <laughs> the dialogue <laughs> performances is <bad>. is sure <laughs> i didn't think the writing was that good well the the,
0: the lines just aren't delivered well because the um, acting is not
1: very good mm, okay well no, however- it, yeah
0: no some of the dialogue is not it's i mean ex machina kind of had that too kind of awkward clunky dialogue i was never
1: weirded out by X machina
0: it's also there's really only like three
1: characters in the movie you know yeah. so it's, it's for the score right Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no it's great it's still I think it went up because I gave it four stars I'd probably give it four and a half yeah that's where it stands with me as of right now it
0: will be a five before we're done <sighs> okay
1: we will see. Um, my number one movie is first reformed ah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: crisis of faith yeah <laughs> I could I could see if I if I do re-watch that one before. I, I could see that uh, going even
1: further. I could see the same thing. Like, You Were Never Really Here would probably crack my Wait, top, won't top you, five. Won't You Be
2: My Neighbor wasn't even in your top five?
0: No, I give that movie a four and a half. I think it might five. be number six. Okay. I had to give Thoroughbreds a nod, though. Okay. Cool. Well, <laughs> that's where we're at at this point in the year. Uh, what do we got coming? We got... The Irishman, Scorsese. Um, what's got- Steve
2: McQueen's movie?
0: Widows. I'm very excited for that. Oh, Widows, Widows. Look cool. Yeah, Widows looks cool. Halloween. Yep. Uh, we got Under the Silver Lake. Suspiria remake. Yeah, that looks pretty, pretty cool. Dope. Um, so what else? Oh, fucking uh, First Man. The. Uh, oh, The guys. Damien the- Chazelle. Yeah. Neil Armstrong movie yeah it's gonna be huge
2: yeah what else is coming out
0: what about that Jack Black movie the house the house with the clock in the walls or have you seen that trailer yet it does not look very good I was saying that as a joke but (laughs) Uh, blind spotting it's got some heat on that one blind spotting looks good we'll see Uh, not to turn this into like a most anticipated for the rest of the year but it's been kind of a weak year Would you guys agree? I mean, Travis is giving fucking eight five stars. Yeah, but
2: to be fair, um, like I could only really see like three of those making my top ten at the end of the year. Maybe four or five, depending on the rest of the year. But most of the most of the other five star movies are like low tier top five.
1: You are a generous god, Travis.
2: Well, if I don't find many flaws in a movie and. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Got to give it its highest rank. (laughs)
3: Hmm.
0: Uh, Okay. Well, let's uh, move on and clean up what else we've been watching. Uh, I can go first. I have a new Netflix original, uh, Legacy of a Whitetail Deer Hunter. You guys know what this is?
2: Yeah. Josh Brolin.
0: Josh Bro. It's
1: this year, man. Did either
0: either of you guys catch this one? No.
1: No. Um, but it's his year i thought about it i (laughs) added it to my list Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: written and directed by jody hill uh who creator of eastbound and down vice principles he wrote and directed observe and report which i think is underrated uh the foot fist way which i think is a fun movie uh this is kind of like a comedy drama hybrid A dramedy, if you will.
1: Yeah, I was really excited when I thought it looked like a complete spoof, Mm -hmm. but then it didn't look like a complete spoof, so I dropped an excitement level.
0: It's um not as funny as I had hoped. It's very, very sporadically funny. The performances are fantastic. Well, performance is fantastic. Josh Brolin is really good. I enjoyed him a lot in the movie. Danny McBride. I mean, I love the guy, but he's kind of just doing danny mcbride in this movie you know not even like uh kenny powers danny mcbride he's just being danny mcbride you know like in this is the end he just plays himself
3: yeah
0: (laughs) he's kind of just playing himself in this movie yeah um which is fine i love danny mcbride uh the kid uh josh boulin's son not a very good actor uh scoop mcnary and carrie coon play the kids like mom and, and stepdad i guess they're barely in the movie scoot mcnary has a couple funny parts but um yeah it's just not that funny the dramatic moments are not very interesting uh they basically the the plot of the movie is the uh, josh brolin's character it's like buck buck ferguson i think which is a great name <laughs> killer name. um he produces these like hunting tapes and dvds and stuff um so he's like doing this episode because he's going on his first hunt with his son so his his son can get a a white-tailed deer his first kill and uh some stuff goes sideways in the woods there's some crazy stuff that happens there's some funny stuff that happens there's some crude moments i mean you know if you've seen jody hill's previous stuff like he likes crude humor dark humor um it was good it worked for me like i think i rated this like a three or a three and a half but it just uh, not funny enough to really elevate it on a comedy level the drama is not very intriguing it's worth seeing for josh brolin and a couple sparingly funny moments but uh nothing to write home about
2: run-of-the-mill netflix fair
0: very much so yeah
2: Cool. That's all they do these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <they're>, uh,
0: <laughs> I would put so it like, I would compare it to a futile and stupid gesture, which is another should have been funnier, talented filmmaking team, good cast. It, it just didn't really hit the mark. Um, so that was legacy of a white deer hunter.
1: Right on. Who's up next? Um, I'll do one that you guys reviewed recently. Incredibles two.
3: Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It's a lot of fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Not as good as the first one. Just doesn't have the same magic. I don't have any complaints with it really. Um, I I still really liked uh, Edna. I thought she was a great character.
0: Oh yeah, her relationship with um, the
1: kid, Jack Jack, Jack Jack. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It was hilarious, Aunt Edna. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I've already forgotten the plot. Oh yeah, <laughs> the mom becomes a. The spokesperson yeah didn't you say when we were doing the review that it's obvious who the bad guy is yeah yeah it was obvious mm-hmm. um i don't know it didn't really ruin it for me or anything it just um i like katherine keener um but just none of the magic that the first one had so
0: really
2: did you see it travis
0: <laughs> yeah i did see it
2: did I liked it a lot, I don't think I talked about it though.
0: I think I was the only one who had seen it on the show. Yeah, I still liked it a lot. I liked the way that the powers were used. thought that was super fun. I would have to
2: rewatch the first one, but I might say I liked the second one better.
0: I was kind of flip flopping. I do think the first one is better, but so you you did. you enjoyed the second
1: one. yeah, I liked it a lot. mm
0: do that raccoon scene? I didn't want to say that it, was but the hilarious. raccoon scene, that was good so funny.
1: yeah, the raccoon scene was good. Just bumped up a half star <laughs> for the record. <recognition. laughs>
0: uh, well, cool. I'm glad you guys caught up with that one. Yeah. Uh, Pixar tears.
2: Uh, probably. You know I love tears. Either low top tier or top mid tier. <laughs> is there just
0: three tiers in this? Well, there's three. There's three top <laughs> tiers. So <laughs> what you're saying is it's not in there. I think this is.
1: Top of the lowest top tier for me. Top of the
0: lowest. Okay, gotcha.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's three top tiers? Yeah. Okay,
2: then for me, it's in the second top tier. Wow. That's saying something. What else is in that? Yeah, I don't... (laughs) Well, how many movies can be in one tier?
0: As many as you want,
3: bud.
2: Okay. Okay. I think I gave it a four and a half. Does that help? Where the tier placement goes
0: no because uh, i've given almost uh, all of them five stars up is a
2: five monsters inc is a five wally's a five all the toy story movies are fives ratatouille ratatouille is a five yeah, yeah it's five.
0: like they're fucking off they're almost yeah all the true fives, okay so that's why we have the tiers. right this is how we have to think discuss that Incredi-
1: incredibles 2 is a hall of fame hall of fame pixar film
2: no it's not hall of fame but
1: it's like Incredibles one is hall of fame i disagree
0: Incredibles 1 is bottom top
1: tier. That's sneaking into the Hall of Fame, if you ask me.
3: Mm,
1: yeah. No. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, should I do another one? Yeah, go for it. I saw a Netflix original,
3: Ooh.
1: Hannah Gadsby's Nanette. Have you guys heard about this?
0: Uh, I watched about the first half of it.
2: I've heard what good things
1: it about it.
0: I just lost interest. Yeah, really? Yeah. i mean i i can tell uh i mean i I was enjoying it and she has some very powerful things to say but
1: the back half gets super intense
0: yeah super intense oh yeah it was starting to get intense yeah i don't know i think i was distracted i think that might be why i turned it off i i like put it on because i was just dinking around on my phone and then i was like oh shit is is this happening right now yeah and then i was like now is not the time and then i stopped it
1: yeah um it's really powerful. Uh basically it's this comedian's uh she's ta- what what's the country? Tasmania. She's from
0: Tasmania.
1: Yeah, she's Tasmanian. Well, Tasmania really is in Austra-
0: it's in Australia. Well, it's technically like an island, but it's part they have of Australia. The
3: doubles.
1: Tasmania. Doubles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, <laughs> uh anyway, she starts out with a pretty normal comedy sketch, but then she starts talking about how she needs to quit comedy and does this whole like anti comedy comedy thing, but then it starts to get really dramatic and personal and intimate and about um basically like uh how women are treated and how people who are different in particular are treated um and she throws in some personal anecdotes with that. It's so is not, it funny in the second half, um, or does it just take a serious turn? And it has funny bits, but it really takes a serious turn, mm. and that's intentional. It's she. I think she calls it theater or something. Doesn't
2: sound like a comedy special to me.
1: Well, this is super no. trendy right now. Yeah, um, it's not an easy watch for a man. But it's also not supposed to be, and she acknowledges that, like, explicitly toward the end, which I, as a man, really appreciated. Um, But I think it's something that everybody everybody should watch. It's going to be controversial. Not everybody's going to agree with what she has to say, at least not on every part. But um, however you take it, it will impact you, for sure.
2: So wait, Matt, what's necessarily a trend right now? Um comedy acts in comedy
0: yeah like blending like not just being about comedy so i mean i can give specific examples yeah so, i hadn't
1: noticed that before
0: neil brennan's three mics is one of my favorite stand-up specials from the past couple of years and the premise is that there's three mics on stage one mic is for one-liners one mic is for traditional stand-up and then mm-hmm. one mic is for like Serious shit, personal Mm, stories. So there's still cool idea. There's still moments of humor in it, but he's telling, he's talking about his relationship with his father, his struggles with depression, that
2: kind of shit. Does he switch mics, like in the same story? No. Oh, Okay. So
0: it'll like he'll finish a story, and then it'll cut to black. Applause, and the lights come back on. He's standing in front of a different mic, you know. So it transitions that way. Uh, Chris Gethard career suicide. Uh, it's funny, but he's talking about really serious shit. <laughs> Encounters with suicide, talking about his therap- his relationship with his therapist, his struggles with depression. So it's it's blending in this real world stuff and making it relatable. Patton Oswalt's most recent stand up special. The second half of it gets pretty heavy because he spends a lot of time talking about the death of his of his wife. Mm. Um, and then there's at least one other. I'd put um, um. example
1: or Biglia in that camp.
0: Yeah, I mean, he. His stuff doesn't really get. He's a storyteller. Yeah. I would say he has a very distinct style in that he he takes his time, and it's not necessarily the things he's saying are funny, but he's telling a story that engages you. I don't know if he really gets like real on this he in gets, the same way that these other
1: yeah, probably, comics are. You know what I mean? Not, yeah,
0: that's a, I mean that's a good example though.
2: Um, this might be unrelated, but we're on the topic of comedy specials. This does not lessen my excitement for 8th grade, but I tried to watch one of Bo Burnham's specials. <laughs> big mistake. Oh, man. <laughs>
0: I hate that. I hate that shit.
2: 1st five ten minutes, I was just like, what is this garbage? What <laughs> is he terrible or something?
0: <laughs> oh, he sucks. Really? He yeah. was
2: really bad.
0: He like... I thought he was super popular. He is. He is. Like on YouTube. He's a YouTube comedian. That's he, how he got his start.
2: He went into song like two or three times within the first like five minutes and... Just none of what he was doing was funny. I don't even really remember what he was doing, but it was just like obnoxious and just not my cup of tea.
0: Yeah, his stand up is atrocious. I did not like him very much in the big sick. Oh, so yeah. when I found out that oh Bo burnham has got this movie, but but I'm I don't even care. I'm one hundred percent on board with eighth grade. I think it looks incredible. I'm really excited for it. But yes, his stand up is, is trash
3: yeah um I had but to anyway turn it off it was not so wow. bad <laughs> kind of a bit of a tangent there
0: but the reason i brought that up is because i like that that's a direction we're going and the comedians are are kind of being a little bit more honest and allowing themselves to be emotional and like relatable it doesn't always have to be funny because like there some of the things especially in um chris gethard's special career suicide like he says some really poignant things about depression And anxiety and all this stuff that, like, really resonated with me. On top of being, like, enjoyable and funny. You know what I mean?
2: Well, I mean, it just brings, like, another layer to, like, a a show. Because, like, if it's just jokes for an hour and, like, that's all you see over and over and over, it's like, okay, well, you know, I've seen this before.
0: Right, right. And, I mean, comedy is about, like, innovating. And stand-up comedy as a form of comedy has been around for probably like 50 years now ish i mean the the ever the, since miss mazel the pop the popularized concept of yeah. what it means to be a stand-up comedian i feel like really kind of picked up steam in like the 70s and has kind of just grown from there you know you have your your steve martin's your um who was that fucking guy uh don rickles just, you know, like the the notion of stand-up comedy kind of took off with Steve Martin and then you have your Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor and then it's just kind of grown from there. Um, but anyway, going back to Hannah. Hannah, what's her name? Gadsby. Gadsby.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't really have anything else to say about it. She just, um, I don't know. You should watch it. Netflix. Netflix. I've heard people say it's essential viewing, not
0: necessarily because it's funny, but because it's people need to hear what she has to say.
2: Like, won't you be my neighbor? Just like, won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my turn? Yeah. Sure. I watched uh, The Tillman Story. Bought this uh, a while back on Blu-ray for a few dollars. What's that? It's the uh, documentary about Pat Tillman. The, the football player is, oh. who went to <laughs> for the Bears, play for the Bears. No, he played for the Cardinals. Oh, what? You don't. You, you guys don't know this story. The you guys don't know this story. No. Who the
0: fuck is Pat Tillman? I don't care about football. He
2: went to go fight in like the Iraq War, but like right after he got drafted. Oh, he and, killed Osama. No god. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Saddam. No. So he was like a great football player. He had like a promising career but like 2 years into his NFL career he went to go fight in the Iraq war and then he got killed over there but then there was like this whole cover up story about how he got killed and then this documentary basically like unveils the truth behind what actually happened
0: so he got killed by Osama
1: no was his death glorified in the fake version the fake version the yeah the false version is it a
0: document oh, oh
2: yes yes um died on the toilet no god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> documentary yes sorry i've been really insensitive uh, to pat Tillman's legacy right now. but yeah he uh <laughs> he got killed by friendly fire but it got covered up as if he was like uh, some hero but the parents and family were basically like no like we need the real story to get out and we're not okay with this but like the story itself was kind of interesting but like you kind of figure out what actually happened, and then you just like deal with like the court cases and like the aftermath of it. But like the documentary kind of peaks, like maybe halfway through or so. Like I would, this maybe isn't a great ex- a comparison, but like Gleason, you're following the story, and it's getting like it's super engaging, but it's it's progressing. You know, each scene or each moment it
0: escalates.
2: Yeah, this one just you kind of figure out what happens and then you're just kind of like stuck in the, the same kind of like routine as far as like the, the outcome of the story. Um, it was okay. Uh, I feel like once you know the story, it's not that interesting. And like the documentary itself isn't like super inventive or anything. It's pretty standard Hmm. documentary.
0: Hmm. So the movie blew its load too soon and then you spend the rest of the movie waiting around, like, okay, are we, when's round two coming? Is he going to get it up? It doesn't happen, <laughs> and then everyone just goes to bed. Is that kind of...
2: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Could he use a little bit more football. Yeah? <laughs> what
1: position did he play? Safety. Mm. Yeah.
2: He seemed like a cool guy, and he, like, seemed like he, yeah, he just gotten caught in a shitty
1: situation, and then... They covered it up.
0: Did why why did he join the military? I was
1: gonna say pretty interesting choice to leave a football career for nine uh, eleven?
0: Did he join after nine eleven? Yeah, it was or? like right around
2: that. Oh,
1: this was a while ago. Okay.
2: Yeah, he had strong views, like on things. Oh,
1: I just mean for some reason I was thinking this was like a couple of years ago. Oh, no. It was like at the the height of Yeah.
0: The Iraq War. Yeah. Alright.
2: So watch it if you will I'm good uh, <laughs> I watched the uh, 1948 classic bicycle thieves you guys ever seen this
0: mm-hmm
2: you no. have
3: seen
0: this that's uh, Vittoria de Sica, right
2: yes yeah amazing yeah <laughs>
0: it's pretty good I mean
2: given its time and everything like I feel like it deserves the the clout it has oh sure yeah um, it's beautiful to look at especially given it the time it was shot yeah um, it's an engaging story. It's about, like, this family. I think it's, like, a- the aftermath of, like, World War II. So it's basically, like, the Depression. And this father gets this job, desperately needs one, but he needs a bike in order to keep mm-hmm. the job. And then someone steals the bike. So the whole movie is him trying to find this bike, find the guy who did it. But then, <clears throat> like, he's shown as, like, a-, a good man. But then over the course of the movie... You kind of see how like his desperation kind of changes him. Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to spoil the ending, cool. but it is super good and it's super watchable considering how old it is. It's like 70 years
0: old. So, yeah. yeah. Is that the first uh, film of his you've seen? Uh, I don't even know what else he's done. Uh, highly recommend Umberto D.
2: Oh, that's his second most popular movie on uh, Letterbox.
0: Yeah, uh, I would say I probably prefer it to Bicycle Thieves. What uh, else? You,
2: what else you got from uh, De Sica? Oh, that's all I got. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <That> <laughs> I don't know about. Uh... I'm not super familiar, but uh, those two movies are awesome. Um, Umberto D. is about like this old man and his dog, who basically like trying to live off of his like dis- disability or like government assistance i guess yeah uh it's it's sad it's very good
2: yeah good stuff um something completely different uh i rewatched zach and mary make a porno
0: Mm, it does not hold up very well right no
2: not really yeah i don't ever remember loving it the first time i saw it
0: i enjoyed it quite a bit
2: but yeah it's i don't know i think it's still like a like i was just wanting something light you know like throw on late at night a few laughs maybe Uh, it's really not that funny though like a lot of the humor is pretty crass and crude and i think a lot of the humor tries to like stem from like just like being vulgar or like cussing and like people cussing isn't that funny to me so like someone just saying fuck you know like doesn't really do much and um i don't know like it's kind of like a like an interesting premise i guess um But it plays out like any other, like, romantic comedy does. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also saw... Midnight Cowboy. Just recently bought the Criterion.
3: Mm.
0: Side tangent, before you talk about Midnight Cowboy. Criterion sale is happening as we speak. Yes. What have you picked up so far?
2: Just the best picture ones that I talked about last time.
0: You told me about it did you say that on the show No, i
2: think i did yeah oh did you yeah we talked about it for a bit i'm contemplating buying like three to five more we'll see if i want to drop another 60 to 100 bones
0: (laughs) i'm up to seven right now and i think i need to cool it yeah because i could buy there's a lot more i could get
2: but i'm very glad slash proud that you bought midnight cowboy have you ever seen that before no i've never seen it you are in for a treat, my yeah. friend. Yeah? <laughs> uh, was this it is, a first-time watch for you? Well, I remember watching it a long time ago, but I feel like I was probably too young to watch it at the time, or like I, I just wasn't into it at that time. Um, I remember being okay, but this time, I don't know if it's just like what Criterion did to it, but holy fucking shit. <laughs> uh, this is probably one of my favorite new movies, or new favorite movies. <laughs> um, it looks incredible. You didn't bring it to share? Um, no. Hell no. We both have it though, so if you want to borrow it, um, yeah, it looks incredible, and I just feel like it's like a perfect time capsule for like that time period in New York, um, and it's just yeah, it's like a it's basically like a coming of age story. John Boyd's character, he like leaves the small town to go to New York for like bigger and better things, and he wants to be like a I forget the term. Um, yeah, like, just like a prostitute. So he like goes to town, thinking that he's just gonna like pick up these women and just make a career out of it, no problem. But he soon learns that it's much harder than he actually thought it was, and he like gets himself into like a lot of like situations where he either like fails, makes the wrong decision, makes mistakes, and then he comes across the character that Dustin Hoffman plays and they're like polar opposites, but like they like find a connection and they're basically both just trying to like make it in the world. Um, but Dustin Hoffman's like this, like sick junkie who just is kind of like a just, you know, takes advantage of people any chance he can get. Cause that's, he doesn't really have much. Um, but I just feel like it's like a perfect representation of, like a coming of age movie or just like the loss of innocence. Cause like the stuff John Boyd's character experiences over the course of a movie is like probably pretty shocking for someone who's like just going out into the real world by themselves for the first time. And like, you know, he's away from his family and all that. And um, I feel like the ending kind of like plays into like all of that as well. I don't want to spoil it, but it's like, I feel like there's something that happens in the movie that's, Bigger than what it actually is on screen, like it's a theme of the movie, as part of like the plot of the movie. Nice, but it's Grand. Very, very good. I could probably rewatch this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Does it look good? Amazing. That is the highest praise. Wow. Is the way it looks. Yeah.
0: So that's a good tangent for my next uh, my next thing. I uh, I have a lot of criterions. Um, but I haven't seen all of them. So there are some that I've blind bought that I still haven't watched. So my goal, and this is not the first time I've had this goal, but I'm <laughs> committed to it this time, is I'm going to go alphabetically through my criterion collection and watch any movie I haven't actually seen before.
1: You're not going to go oldest to
2: newest? That's no. tough to do because you're not starting. always in the mood
0: yep it's funny that you say that because uh Number you want to know what i was place. not in the mood for in the mood for love oh i've tried to watch that movie on three separate occasions and all three times i've gotten bored and lost interest how far did you get this time this time i got like 35 minutes in
2: i put it on i have filmstruck so i put it on for about five minutes one night and i was like no. god it's <laughs> so boring
0: it's so boring I feel like I just need to make myself finish it because people fucking love Wong Car Wai and like yeah. Chunking oh. Express is good, but it's not that good. I'm like well, I, I torture you
1: yourself, man.
0: I just I just need to Hopefully you don't have a debt on your shelf. It dude the movie <laughs> the movie is like ninety five minutes long. So it's really not that much of an investment. When I just, did you try this? Less than a week ago.
1: Oh, we'll just go home tonight and finish the last hour. Don't rewatch the first 30
0: I'm not going to. I can't. There's no way. I'll never <laughs> finish this movie. It's just so boring. It's a period piece. And it's, it's rated like, PG. I was yeah. hoping for some. I want some fucking like.
2: <laughs> down and dirty. <laughs> Disobedient
0: yeah. style. Like spitting. Like Hell just. Yeah. Ugh, maybe a little choking. Like God. Jesus. None of that. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> it's. Uh, anyway. But so that was that was second on the list. So I started that. I'll need to finish it. It's funny because I bought Dead Man in this most recent round of Criterion's, and I haven't seen that. So that jumped ahead of it in the list because D comes before I. Don't know if you knew that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but what I did watch <laughs> was Certified Copy. How this did is, that uh,
2: come after In the Mood for Love?
0: Well, it didn't. I saw Certified Copy first. Oh, okay. And the next one on the list was in The Moon for Love. Gotcha. Okay. Certified (laughs) Copy, uh, written and directed by uh, the late Abbas Kirostami. He's an Iranian filmmaker, but this is like a French. Primarily, the language spoken is French, English.
2: Real quick, have you seen Close Up? I have not. No. I've heard great things
0: but I'm I've almost very blind bought to it that. multiple times. <laughs> um Certified Copy is a movie that I uh kind of similar to sorry to bother you, I admired it on an intellectual level but actually watching it I didn't find super interesting. So they basically there's this uh, author and this woman who's kind of hosting him while he's staying in Italy. The woman is played by Juliette Binoche. Uh, And the actor is this like opera singer who had never acted before, but he's pretty good. And it's interesting because they like, the movie is kind of about like role play. So they kind of jokingly tell this like server that they're married and they just kind of carry on with that facade and they use it as an opportunity to like, for Juliette Benoche's character to like act out air, all of her frustrations because he's kind of serving as a surrogate for her real husband, you know? So they have these really intense conversations. But she's talking to him and she's not really talking to... She's talking to him, but she's not talking about him. She's talking about her husband. But he's playing along with the whole thing. So it's a really interesting dynamic. But that kind of stuff doesn't really get flushed out until like the second half of the movie. The first half is kind of a uh, before sunset, sunrise, kind of two characters, kind of philosophizing, you know. Um I enjoyed it. I ended up logging it as a 4. Uh I think on a rewatch. There like it, it's a movie that I think would reward like critical viewing, you know what I mean? But um not super interesting just on like a scene by scene basis, but it made me think I don't know. I enjoyed it. Is it it.
2: mostly just characters talking? It's all
0: characters talking. There's no action. There's no... It's literally just those two characters for 95% of the movie just having conversations. Hmm. Some interesting stuff comes out of that, but um, yeah. I don't regret that one. Um, And then, yeah, in the movie for love. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Maybe the second the last 45 minutes will rock my world or something, but... (laughs) um, How much do you guys have left? Uh, I got a couple things. I don't know if I, I should pass pass it on.
2: Two. For that I could probably do real quick.
0: Okay, sure. Go ahead. Uh, Lock them out. So
2: we're on the Criterion trip. So let's just keep that going. I borrowed the Thin Red Line from Matt. Mm-hmm. First time. Well, I would basically consider this a first time watch. I think I watched this like a long time ago. Kind of like similar to Midnight Cowboy, but I was incredibly bored by it because I was what? expecting. We're talking like pre-adult Travis watched this movie. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant this time. No. Okay. This time... Carry on. uh, Matt. (laughs) Uh, This movie is incredible. Mm -hmm. Mostly on a visual standpoint, like Mm -hmm. most of Terrence Malick's movies. Uh, Not the best war movie ever made. I know Matt thinks it is, but it's not. Uh, I would put at least a few above it. A few uh, good men. Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Dunkirk.
3: Get out! out of here with that bullshit. And Glorious Bastards
2: if you count it. Ugh, Barf. Uh, um, Hurt Locker probably even. <laughs> Yeah. I went there. <laughs> uh I I like some of the like the like poeticness of this movie. Um yeah. I really liked I can't even remember what they talked about, but there was a scene towards the end of the movie with John C. Riley talking about war killed (laughs) that scene killed um the best part about this movie though is obviously the scene on the hill yeah the hill pretty good i mean that's really like the only action sequence in the movie yeah i feel like it could have maybe used one more of those to really you know like then it could have maybe been the best war movie ever made but you need at least one more like you know down in the trenches. <laughs> That's not what it's about, dude. I know, I know. Um, the ending was a little
0: underwhelming. I don't even remember how the movie mm. ends.
2: It's crazy how many uh, known actors are in this movie. Yeah. Like, they just kept popping up. I'm like, what? Yeah, George, George Clooney? Clooney? <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, like, John C. Riley. Uh, I don't know. The list is endless. Sean Penn. That crazy Nick old Nulty, guy. Nick Nolte. Like,
0: <laughs> that crazy guy. <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, it's a very good movie. Jim. Um Jim? Kabizel. Oh yeah. Um Yeah. I don't really have too much to say about it, but um glad I finally watched it. It's a
1: beautiful, beautiful movie. Yes.
2: The probably maybe the most beautiful looking war movie maybe i can give
0: it that at least maybe the most beautiful like what do you, like what what would what could pass, well, pass it
2: no i don't think anything else if you're if we're talking beauty
0: pure pure visuals
2: i do like how the movie this is probably why people like it so much but the contrast between like the beauty and horrors of just like and then war being like the you know the thing yeah. <laughs> of life mm. not the tree of life no, the thing of life. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs>
2: <laughs> but yes, uh, very good. I could see myself watching it again and getting even more from it.
1: Huh. Uh, okay, I have got both a criterion and a war. Oh, perfect. Ooh.
0: In one or these no. two
1: separate bullet points? I'll do them back to back. But before that, I'm knocking mm-hmm. out a couple mm-hmm. terrible movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, one. Okay, it wasn't terrible, but the babysitter is not good. Oh uh, what? you're high. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. That's
0: well It was it's fun
1: enjoyable. Like It was kinda fun. Yeah. Uh, middle of the road. I gave it two point five. Oh, hoo, hoo, See hoo, I was
2: hoo, expecting hoo. I think I gave it like a four and a half. Dude, it's got <laughs> yeah, you didn't look through
1: that many plot holes. There are too many.
3: Yeah.
2: It's like a three and a half. I was expecting Garbage, maybe because Mick G directed it, but I just I thought it was a surprisingly
1: fun movie. It was fun. Um, What's his face was really channeling um, American Psycho. Christian Bale, which guy? Patrick
0: Bateman. Yeah. yeah.
1: W- which character are you talking about? The white guy with his shirt off, who just wants to kill people. In oh, the slip back hair right, that body. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah. It was. It was. It was fun, but...
0: I just like that the movie doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. You know?
1: But, like, not even a little bit seriously. It was breezy, too. Like, they just murdered that guy in the living room and blood spewed it everywhere. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Well, yeah, but, like, how are you going to clean that shit up? Yeah. They had no plan. I don't know. It just bothered me too much. Um, you put too much logic into film. No, I don't. Not <laughs> normally. Like, this one was really bad. Okay. Uh, I also point. watched Tomb Raider <laughs> on the plane. Tomb Raider is terrible. Have you guys seen it? I did see that. Um, I, I don't think that. I really The guy you were talking about, about earlier yeah. was a bad guy. Yeah. Um, um, God, Walton. Goggins. Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. Yeah. Uh, that movie was also really, really bad. The story was bad. The the traps weren't even that fun. Like, the tomb wasn't that cool. And the whole, like, final scene where they go in there and, like, they're supposed to face some crazy witch thing. Yeah. I don't know. Were the games like that, too, where like there's something supposed I don't to be remember, supernatural and but yeah, it I think wasn't I, supernatural? I think I
2: did talk about that, where I wasn't expecting it to have this like supernatural element to it, and that was basically like... Oh, I was mainly excited movie. for the supernatural element, Uh-oh. and then it didn't happen.
3: Hmm. I liked oh, some any- of
2: the uh, action sequences, though, towards the first half. Like the chase at the start was pretty good. The one where she has to book it out of that camp?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Couple good uh, foot chases.
1: The whole like the whole setup. Oh, the bike ride that was fun. Yeah, that was cool. That's the best part. But the whole setup of like the character and her backstory and everything is just like cobbled yeah, with together. Her dad. It's so who, bad. Was,
2: who played her dad? I forget.
1: Um,
2: oh, it's the guy from uh, like The Wire and the Fair uh, Dominic. Oh yeah.
0: Oh Dominic West. Yeah. Yeah. That's- yeah.
2: That is it. No, no, the guy that, from the wire. That sounds right. Yeah. He's old from now, Northwest. so
3: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, okay. And then uh, Criterion. I watched the exterminating angel. Hmm. Borrowed that from Matt, who directed this.
0: Uh, Louis well. Buñuel.
1: Yeah, I'd never heard of him. Has he done other good stuff?
0: Uh, Un Chien Angelou, which is the movie like the eye getting cut. Really I old think I movie. watched
1: one of his
2: recently. Belle du Jour. Is that one of his? Does I don't know if right? that's
0: Bunuel. Well.
2: It may be. I'll look it up. Well,
1: um, I liked it a lot. It was a little bit boring, to be perfectly honest. But the whole just watching yeah. these aristocrats devolve into their, their pitiful, <laughs> useless selves was pretty entertaining. Um, a lot, I like the whole bizarre dreaminess of the movie. I like that they acknowledge pretty quickly, like, something weird's going on. None of us have been able to leave this room. Do you know the premise?
2: Yeah, I know the premise. I know this has been compared to, or Mother
1: has been compared to this. Can you see comparisons? Oh, um, not off the top of my head, but now that you mention it, I could maybe draw some comparisons. Um... Uh, well, yeah, the premise for anybody who doesn't know is that there's a dinner party. I can't tell if it's in Mexico or in Spain.
0: It's, uh, Spain.
1: Okay. That was my guess. It's in Spain and, uh, they're clearly wealthy people, all of them. And then for some reason at the end of the night, they don't leave like the drawing room where they're playing piano and having their nightcaps and stuff. And they all just sleep there. And then in the morning they can't, they can't leave. And they're all like, isn't that weird that we all slept here last night instead of leaving? Um Do they ever try and leave or Oh yeah, they try a ton. <laughs> At a
0: certain point, yeah. Oh, okay. Once they realize, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um but it's staged pretty well because like there'll be this guy who he'll say, This is ridiculous, we're leaving and he grabs his wife and they like go to walk to the door and then it'll sort of pan off to a different couple who are talking about the situation. In the background you'll see them stop right before they get to it and they'll start talking about how ridiculous it is. Like, right before they leave the door, right? It's wide open. They could leave any time. So there's not really a a force, like
2: a a presence that's stopping them. No.
1: They just sort of get to the edge, and then they sort of start panicking and, like, crying. Or they make up excuses to stay in the room or something like that. All that stuff was really well done. Um, So it was kind of a cool, it was a cool vibe. Um, There's some borderline horror elements, too. Yeah. And I think a lot to, like, digest and think about and talk about. Um, yeah, what's it trying to say, Tom? I actually did some Google searches afterward. Mm. I think it was maybe more obvious to people who were more familiar with what was going on in Spain at the time. But it was basically a criticism of the bourgeoisie and... Very familiar with that stuff. Possibly the church. <laughs> oh, okay. The rich people and the church, basically. Um because you see them really devolve the exterminating angel part I haven't quite figured out um, because like they get sent well I'm interpreting it this way but some lambs end up in their room that they can eat it's like Mm -hmm. literally lambs to the slaughter so there's a lot to read into I don't know exactly what to to make of it but um, it was a good watch I've never I don't know if I've ever watched a movie this old that I actually liked. Yeah. Like the
3: way I read How
0: it. How old is it? 1940. Oh, 1962. It's not that old.
1: I guess not. What's older than that? Bicycle Citizen <laughs> <thieves. a> Kane? <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> really? How old is Night of the Hunter? I like that. Oh, that's definitely 50s, older. right? That's, yeah. Yeah,
0: early, early 50s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, right around
1: there. But I haven't seen that many super old movies, so.
2: I, I agree. It can be tough sometimes. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, should I do another one? I have... Only two things left. I have left. one more. So, you have one Let more? Let
2: me do this real quick. Just watch this last night. Okay. Roadhouse. First time watch. You guys ever seen that movie? <laughs> I was a kid when yeah, I saw it. Yeah, me too. It. Movie Does sucks. Does some dude really <laughs> get his
0: throat ripped out? Yes. Do you see it? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to watch
3: this. It's,
2: it was like, I don't know. I felt like this should just have been like a fun, entertaining watch, but it was so boring. Hmm. Like It's literally just like a night at the club. There's a fight. There's a little bit of conflict. There's you know some other things going on. Club scene fight like it's just
1: isn't there like a training scene in a barn um, where Patrick Swayze's like roundhousing. Uh, I remember I making this up?
2: scene in a bar, but I don't know if it was a training sequence. Hmm. Um, I don't really have anything else to say other than it was pretty boring, and I just I don't understand like like there's people who really like this movie and maybe it's just for like the campiness of it
0: i think some of it's also kind of ironic
2: yeah i don't know it just was like way too much bar fighting and not a lot of much else <laughs> it just kind of got boring after a while and it's like okay yep another mm-hmm. brawl hmm. cool right. <laughs> but yeah um not good
0: Not even ironically. (laughs) Oh, shit. Um, Okay, I got two things left. I'll knock them out. Um, I watched a really bad horror movie called Patchwork. Either of you seen this pop up anywhere? Why did you watch this? Well, uh, I was hanging (laughs) out with my girlfriend, and uh, I came up with the idea to, like, we went to the comedy section of Netflix and I told her to close her eyes and I just started mashing buttons and just like hopping all over. And then when she said stop, we would watch whatever it ended up on. That's how this started. Bad idea. <laughs> Kep, kept vetoing it. I was like, oh, I've already seen that. Um, oh, no, too terrible. I'm not going to watch that, you know. So that plan didn't really go well. But while we were scrolling through the comedies, we saw this like tile image. So you can see like, when you're scrolling through stuff on Netflix, there's like the tile image, so it's, it's some sort of image that Netflix comes up with, so that while you're browsing, you can see. It's not usually the poster; it's some something else. You know what I mean? So we see like in the, the comedy, poster
2: didn't load. It's just like a gray. Square well, no, or no. Or? Like you
0: can see, it's not actually the movie poster. It's like some sort of like. I'm, like it seems like custom images for most right. of the movies,
2: uh, like the tiles.
0: Okay. Like you're going through Netflix and you see the pictures, the picture, whatever thumbnails. The, the thumbnail was in the comedy section, a chopped up, chopped up buddy, stitched buddy, buddy. <laughs> chopped up buddy, <laughs> uh, stitched together, and it said like patchwork in the in the skin. So we were like, what the fuck is this doing in comedy? So we were curious. Because the plot synopsis... Here, let me see if I can find... I'm going to read the IMD plot synopsis I get what you're
2: saying now. The the images that the movies are on, they're not necessarily the poster. They're just... Yeah. The image for the movie. And they change all the time.
0: Yes. Yes. So, uh, this movie, plot synopsis reads, A bombastic throwback horror comedy that follows... I clicked away that follows three young women who go out partying one night and find themselves Frankensteined together in one body. <laughs> That's now a great idea. they must put aside their differences so they can find who did this and exact revenge. So it's literally three separate women who get mutilated and stitched back together to create one woman but their personalities are all still they're basically three women sharing one fucked up body it's so ludicrous and it's really bad it looks terrible the acting is terrible it's a really stupid concept it's a bad movie but i'm not gonna lie i enjoyed it on like a It's so bad, it's good level, you know? It doesn't
2: even have a Rotten Tomato score. There's one
0: official review, and it's rotten. (laughs) Yep, I rated it. So I rated it, like, a one and a half or a two. But, like, honestly, I got some enjoyment out of it. It's really fucking stupid. Uh, Kind of infuriating on multiple levels, but uh, it's one of those, like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is a movie. What the fuck is this type of thing, you know? That it's, like... Uh, enjoyable as a curiosity just like how did this movie get made there's actually like uh i wouldn't say he's a well-known actor but you know in green room uh the big guy who's in the room with them yeah he ends up getting his like gut cut open after they like knock him unconscious you know gnarly he's in this movie Hmm. he's the only recognizable face um it's really bad but I enjoyed it on, like, a trashy horror movie level. It's not even a good one Caveman of level?
2: So you yeah. enjoyed it, although you gave it a one and a half.
0: It's a terrible movie. I laughed at it, so I got some enjoyment out of it in that sense. And I, I like those kind of things, you know. Better like, than really Suburban bad. Commando? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> it's more entertaining than Suburban <laughs> oh, Commando. Oh, come on. Suburban <laughs> Commando boring. peaked in the first, like, 20 minutes. That... I think you're forgetting how like much of a drag that movie was.
2: Hogan is gold, man. Come In parts
0: on. of it, he is.
2: Hmm. Come on, the skateboard scene towards the end. <laughs> the melon scene. That was, that was, yeah.
0: His pants. All-time classic. Amazing. Um, only other movie that I watched, and I know we're going kind of late, but I think it's an interesting this movie raises an interesting question, not this movie specifically, but well, let me give you some context. Um, so my girlfriend, this is one of her favorite movies. Uh, and we've been like introducing each other to, to different stuff. So I've made her watch like before the, before trilogy. Um, she had me watch Valley girl and we've been kind of going back and forth, like showing each other movies that we're really into. Um, so there's this movie called Good Dick, which She's I messaged Travis about her work. <laughs> <laughs> Loves that good dick. Um, it, so I knew this was one of her favorite movies. And she was excited to show it to me. And the question I want to ask you guys is... Especially when it comes to like being in a relationship with someone. Someone's really excited. I really get a relationship with no, To share something with you. You know, <laughs> like I really like this. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's not hard. The reason why, why I bring this up is because I really did not like the movie. And I knew that when it was over. So when she asked me what I thought of it. I wanted to be honest, but I also didn't want to be, like, really tear into it, you know what I mean? Um, Because I do, I, I love that she showed that to me. I love that, like, she has a taste in movies that's, like, very similar to mine, but, like, she's capable of, like, you know, finding things that really resonate with her. So, like, the movie, it's a really fucked up movie. It's really creepy. It's basically about a stalker who kind of, like, forces himself into this woman's life and it's just really uncomfortable and they're not sympathetic characters at all and kind of the point of the movie is it's like two fucked up people kind of like come across like their lives become intertwined and they are both kind of fucked up toward each other and they use each other and whatever like I get it but it just made me feel really gross watching it so I think I had a very visceral reaction to it in that sense but she likes how kind of fucked up it is and it's, it's it's an it's an interesting premise like i think it's a movie that's worth watching but the reason i bring it up is because in those situations where someone's really excited to share something with you <laughs> my initial reaction is to just be completely honest but i know me personally people uh th- like think i'm t- i get too personal <laughs> you when i talk about a movie uh i don't mean to like i'm talking shit on the movie and i think the movie sucks but it's just my opinion but i don't i think it comes across that i'm like attacking them d- attacking them like you're a piece of shit for liking this movie <laughs> yeah. i don't say it that explicitly but i think because I can sometimes use some hyperbolic language, and I am very opinionated. Mm. It feels like an attack on that person's like, uh, like taste. Or yeah, their taste in film. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I'm trying to make them feel bad for liking it yeah. when really I'm just voicing my own like whatever rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. So I just kind of went down the middle. I was like, oh, I I didn't love it honestly. Here's some things that I didn't like about it. Which is true. I do think there are like a- things you admire about it, and maybe it just—I had that reaction, and maybe that speaks toward the source material. Is like, streaming
2: anywhere? I, I gotta watch this. I th- think. I don't. I'll it be might f- be I'll streaming be the, uh, on Netflix. The one who decides.
0: <laughs> um, but I don't know. <laughs> I think I just—I have you guys found yourself in a situation uh, where?
2: Ba- well, go ahead and finish.
0: I'm just curious, like. You someone shows you something and they're like, Oh, I can't wait to watch this movie with you and you just like really have a negative reaction to it. Not that like my reaction was really that negative to it. So,
2: okay, real quick. Breaking news. Mamma Mia, here we go again, is currently at ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, with thirty five reviews. What? This is perfect because the first example that jumps to my mind is watching Mamma Mia with Chelsea, (laughs) because Chelsea loves that movie. And this may be a bad example, because I feel like that movie is kind of, you know, for one type of audience, (laughs) or mostly one type of audience. Yes, Mm -hmm. singers. (laughs) Uh, But I fucking hated that movie. Mm. And I've been dating Chelsea for a long time, so we're far past the honeymoon stage, (laughs) So, I just laid into that movie. (laughs) But I feel like with that kind of movie, like, she probably should have expected that a little bit, Mm -hmm. but with maybe, like, an indie, like, movie that's not really been seen by that many people, it might be a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, So, maybe not the best example, but, yeah, if if Chelsea were to show me something, I wouldn't have a problem giving her my honest opinion about it. But that might be just because I've been dating her for so long, and... Yeah, I don't know.
1: Tell me about it, man. I'm married. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I usually tell Sarah beforehand, I don't think I'm going to like this. This looks terrible. (laughs) Or, like, I suggest a thousand things that she says no to. And then I say, fine, just pick whatever. (laughs) And then if it's bad, I say so. But... I don't know. Back in the day, we did share movies with each other. I feel like we all, we pretty much had the same taste in movies. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of a good example.
2: I think I'm more, like, nice or, like, easygoing about, like, stuff that other people show me. But since, like, I'm so, like, honest with Chelsea and, you know, like. I don't feel bad for giving my honest opinion but like if some random person at work was like hey you should watch this and i watched it, and i hated it i'd probably say like oh yeah like oh it's okay or yeah that was pretty good you know and yeah. like just to not like make it awkward for them or
3: like <laughs>
0: yeah but there's like politics that go into that like being like a work friend you know like you yeah. don't want to like you know a very casual like hey you should check out this movie cool i will a week later, hey, did you check out that movie? Yeah, it was a fucking piece of shit, Jerry. Like, I can't believe you made me watch that. Like, you know? Like,
1: <laughs> so, I don't know. And Did I'm, you know you were going to like the, or not like the movie before you watched no, it? No, I
0: didn't really know anything about it. I just knew that, like, this is going to sound super pretentious of me, but part of me was like, oh, I've never fucking heard of this movie. Yeah. Like, how good could it be? You know what I mean? And right. that's something that, like, I try to work on. So, it's like... Maybe it's just me being self-conscious because I have been criticized for that Mm. plenty of times before in the past, especially significant others. Mm. Uh, So it's something I'm working on. So maybe it was just, um, and I had this conversation like with her. So it's, I don't know. I was just curious to see how you guys approach that. If you tread lightly, do you just give your completely honest opinion? So far, it hasn't really been an issue because we've kind of loved everything that we've exposed each other to. You know what I mean?
2: The uh, plot synopsis is pretty intriguing. Not going to lie.
0: Go ahead and read it.
2: It's pretty long. A fidgety, wisecracking video store clerk develops a fixation on a particularly reclusive customer, a frequent visitor to the pornography section of Cinephile, the video store where he works in Los Angeles. After multiple failures to impress her during their brief daily transactions, he finds her street address in the store's database, drives to her apartment building, and initiates an uncon- unconventional campaign to win her affections.
3: Hmm.
0: That's where the creepiness comes from. Because he'll be like looking into her window, and like he sleeps think- in his car outside of her house, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah.
2: Would this have played better uh, 10 years ago when it came out?
3: I
0: don't think it's really that. I think it's, for me, it was an issue of these are two terrible people. It's kind of the same reason why I don't like that show Girls. Mm
3: -hmm. Because
0: I don't like any of the characters. So for me, watching people I don't like do horrible shit, like, it just repulses me.
1: Well, it sounds like you didn't really have an issue with the film. I mean, maybe it wasn't the best movie, but as a movie as much as you did have a just a bad feeling that you got from it
0: it's that but it's also like i don't think it's particularly well acted i think some of the editing is kind of bad so there's like it's also it's not the most technically well-made movie but that's not gonna stop me from enjoying something if i can like actually connect
1: with the material i'd probably just say it wasn't my favorite
0: yeah, and, you know, uh, maybe that's really what it all boils down to, but I'm just, you know.
1: Not my cup of tea. Yeah. So was there I some, don't like bad acting. Was there some good dick in it? <laughs> oh, the best dick. Okay. <laughs> that's
0: um, all that matters. <laughs> um, yeah, so, anyway, that was the only other thing that I watched, so.
2: Mm. Oh, the main actress is also the director.
0: Yes. Jason Wr- Ritter's in this? Yeah, he's the main dude. He's uh, the good dick. He's <laughs> the <laughs> It's him, and then, yeah, she wrote, directed, and starred in it. Which it also, like, it's even more interesting to me, because I would have assumed that it was written by a man, just based on the stuff in the movie, but I don't know. Hmm. She's not a great actor. She should probably stick to writing, honestly, but I like that Jason Ritter guy. I don't know. He wasn't great in this movie, but I think he's a charming man.
2: Um, um, well, anyway. keep us posted on um these uh shared experiences.
3: Mm-hmm. Well damn.
1: <laughs> I hope they revert back to the mean, and they're all good again. I think they will, yeah, just will tell her to choose
0: better <laughs> <laughs> next time, yeah, come on um okay, anything else you guys want to talk about?
1: I got two left two honest Tom. all right, I'll be quick. Taxi driver.
0: you watch that. What? You fucking loser, (laughs) taxi driver.
1: This was not a first-time watch, right? No, but I haven't seen it since, I think, high school. Okay, let's hear it,
2: Tom. Why are you... Well, that's one of my favorite movies, so I'm excited. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Lay
1: it on us. It was really good, Uh, better than I remembered. I think the first time I saw it, I was bored, Um, because I was, you know, 18 uh, I was not bored at all this time. I thought it was really interesting. I liked going through the whole experience again, where like his plan fails and then he just goes completely berserk in a totally different direction. Um, I was watching. I mainly wanted to rewatch it for the parallels between uh, Taxi Driver and First Reformed,
3: hmm.
1: which are really apparent. Actually, watching them so close. Together. There's even a part where, you probably remember this because you've seen it so many times, but a part where he puts like Alka-Seltzer or something in his water and just watches it bubble oh. and spaces out for a couple of mi- minutes, mm-hmm. which is just like the the oil and water scene from um, from First Reformed. So anyway, it was uh, great to rewatch. Uh, liked it a lot. That
2: end scene. Oh, man. In the brothel. Yeah, it's pretty tense. For its time.
3: What? Yeah.
1: I guess. Was that intense for its time? I feel like it would have been. I feel like it's
0: still a pretty tense scene (laughs) now.
1: It's pretty brutal.
0: Yeah, it's brutal. That blood looks super fake, though. Yeah, but... It's like ketchup. It's amazing.
2: I like uh, Harvey
1: Keitel. His whole turn is... Yeah, he really devolves. Yeah. And what the fuck is he doing taking that that girl to a, a porno? He's
0: just fucked up Yeah, yeah dude. He doesn't know what's also <laughs> uh,
1: his It's way more subtle about his military service than I remembered it being. Oh yeah. Um I mean it's pretty clear that he went to Vietnam and it's pretty clear that he's fucked up. But other than that they don't they don't say anything except for when he's applying for the taxi job. Yeah. But my favorite part of the movie is probably just his inner monologue as he's going through, just saying, you know, I work nights a lot now, sometimes six at night to six in the morning, sometimes longer, sometimes six days a week. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Travis, tell us more.
2: <laughs> Looks great. The scores score is amazing. Yeah. Civil so we'll Shepherd is a beaut.
1: Yeah. It's great. Um, and then I have been watching the Ken Burns Vietnam War doc on Netflix, oh, right? yeah. and it is great. I haven't actually watched a different Ken Burns documentary, but... I know he's a popular. Which
2: which one is this? The Vietnam, Vietnam War one. Vietnam War is that one on Amazon too? It's on, it's Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah.
1: Oh. Is any of his other stuff on Netflix? I think, I think so. Jazz was on Hulu or something for a while. Mm. I don't know if it still is. Vietnam War sounds more intriguing than Jazz. It is really really interesting because I mean everybody knows a little bit about the Vietnam War. I mean like our generation. Uh, We know it was controversial. We know we didn't really win. We know it was to stop communism, and we know there were a ton of protests. But other than that, like, uh, do you guys know? Like, I didn't even really know what was going on with South and North Vietnam or, or what. But you get all this backstory and all these crazy decisions, and you get, like, tapes of Lyndon B. Johnson. I'm sure the other presidents, when I get to them, it's a really long series, but... Actual tapes of like him talking to his secretary of defense and they just sound like morons. They're like, we need somebody with better plans. Our plans aren't working. Can we get a guy with some <laughs> good plans for <laughs> Vietnam? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God. It's insane. But uh, does it feel like homework? No. Watching it? No. No. It's really interesting. I mean, it's long. It's, uh, it's like it's 10 hours. Not man. exactly fast paced. Maybe longer because every episode's an hour and a half. And I think there might be ten episodes, at least eight. Um, but it's for me, it's super, super interesting. I'm gonna keep going for sure. Sarah and I are watching it together. Nice.
0: <clears throat> Did you guys ever watch the OJ doc?
1: Nope. I got um, a little way through it.
0: God, it's so good. Really?
1: Like. No. Sarah wanted to keep watching it. I kind of fell off. Really? I would like yeah. to. It's just long it's we seven also and a watched half hours only. you watch fucking
0: john dealman get out of here yeah.
1: that's only like three
0: <laughs> yeah of her fucking making food in the kitchen for <laughs> an hour and a half
1: i hey, was oh, speaking of making about food the journey. in the kitchen i've also been watching the great british baking show mm-hmm. when i've been home with my fever and uh it's pretty good they're adorable that man and that, that old lady, yeah, Mary. I do like them. You've watched that show? I've seen a couple episodes. I have of it. watched at least
2: like half of The
1: Staircase on Netflix.
0: I watched the first 20 minutes of the first
1: episode. and Didn't hook you? I think I was tired. I don't, mm. I don't remember. I'm dropping out a series it's good. so much more easily than it, I used to. It's yeah. good,
2: but it's kind of reached a point where it's gotten a little stale and we're just like diving deep into the like court case and it doesn't really feel like it's really like. Did you
1: watch The story? Picked up much mm-hmm. lately. Someone was telling
2: me But it is kind of fascinating, and I'm still like, I don't know if he did it or not. Huh. So, that part's cool, I are guess. Are you going
1: to see
0: it through? Or are you invested yeah. enough to...
2: Yeah. Chelsea and I are watching it together. Um, we haven't probably watched in like a week or so, but we've been busy. But
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little
2: uh, true crimed out. See, I didn't watch all the... Like, I didn't watch Making a Murder, and I did watch... Evil Genius. Nope, didn't watch that either. Oh, you
0: did? Uh-uh. No? Oh, Those Tom did. both good.
2: Tom watched it. Yeah. I watched uh, The Jinx, though. That was amazing. That was amazing. Oh, my
0: That's the pinnacle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it all started with Serial, the podcast. <laughs> I did listen to that in its prime. That was good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. Is that going to do Are it? Are we done? What's next? Well, I was uh, taking a look. Uh, number one, Mama Mia, Here We Go Again. Oh, God. 91% on Rotten Hell Tomatoes. To the, yeah. Um, Blind Spotting comes out this weekend. So we'll be recording. Get that A list, Tom. Um, I don't want to watch these. Mission Impossible Fallout. Dude, that I want to watch. People are creaming over that movie. I haven't seen the other ones, but honestly, I don't really care. I don't think I need to. No, I don't think so. I haven't I've seen I've only either. seen three. I
2: didn't see Rogue Nation. I remember <laughs> being a little disappointed by Ghost
1: Protocol, though. You didn't see number one? No, what
0: I've only seen.
1: The mission Third one? Also, Three. Oh, first and second. I'm just one now great. realizing that John Voight is the mission giver in both Mission Impossible and Heat. Why is he in these movies always as the mission giver guy? Dude,
0: but typecasting. Uh, some people have said
2: Fallout is the best action movie since Fury Road. That is some since high. Since Fury Road,
0: praise. I mean, what else competes with Fury Road? Well, I feel
2: like that's. Like at least putting it on somewhat of a high level. Uh,
0: critics' consensus: Fast, sleek, and fun. Mission Impossible: Fallout lives up to the impossible part of its name by setting yet another high mark for insane set pieces Fuck in a franchise full the, of them. Yeah, I'm down to see uh, Mission Impossible. Um, we also got Hot Summer Nights, the new Timothy Chalamet film
2: i heard he's gonna be in dune
1: yeah talks are he's gonna sign on paul atreides (laughs) yeah Uh, that's a perfect (laughs) casting
0: still just (laughs) rumor still just (laughs) rumor oh okay but yes um so maybe hot summer nights we love uh we love t shell on the podcast um and unfriended dark web i never saw unfriended
2: uh, I saw unfriended it. I didn't really like it that much. It was okay. Uh, I do plan on checking out Three Identical Strangers this week.
0: Yes, I also plan on checking that out. Tom, you heard about this? I just heard about it.
1: Sounds pretty neat. I don't really... I think I just saw, like... Uh, you
2: probably want to go in cold. Yeah, I don't... I feel like the less you know, the better. Okay. Great. So, just leave it at that.
0: Great. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> um. Okay, well... We are going to wrap up. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, As always, feel free to shoot us an email, cinefilesdigest at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, Tell your friends. I mean, we really appreciate all the new listeners who come in. Check out the old episodes. Subscribe to our stream. Shoot us a review on iTunes, whatever. Anything helps. Uh, any awareness is good for the show. So, want to thank everyone for listening. We will be back in a couple weeks. Everybody, stay safe out there.
2: Peace out. Later, bitches.
1: Zipper's broken on my favorite.